Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 244, recorded on August 22nd, on 2019. And on tonight's episode, we're going to be discussing a whole lot of indie worlds. So, Jesse, cue up that music. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Marty here with Nintendo Dads, and we are... Recording episode 244, it is August 22nd, 2019, and I feel awkward because my microphone sucks. Yeah, the microphone I've been using for like the last, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50 shows has decided it's going to crackle. So, pulled out the old podcast mic that I was using back when I started on this show. Microphone 1.0. 1.0, yeah. So a uh, little, little microphone conscious tonight. I don't know. Um, it's weird. Uh, also joining us, as you have already heard, Mr. Jesse Waldack. How are you? Good. My microphone 2.0 has been doing pretty. Is still lasting, uh, doing pretty good. My first one lasted yeah. a long time too. I bought that back in like 2011, and even used that at the start of when we started recording the show up until maybe three years ago when I bought this one. Nice. And no storms in your area tonight, right? Not tonight. It looks like we might get some rain tomorrow. But and uh, hopefully no, hopefully no phantom uh, internet thieves in the middle of the night that stole me away from you last week. Right, right in the middle of our voicemail montage. Yeah, that was that sucked real bad. And uh, I want to apologize to fans of the show for that because no clue that right outside my office door they're changing internet cables at midnight. Yeah, that happened. Surprise. Yeah, it was a surprise because they told nobody. Uh, Also joining us from across the pond this morning for him, Gary Gray, sporting that sweet Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo shirt there. What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's good. Um, It is early morning and it's dark still. So we're losing the summer, guys. It's dark over here, too. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, summer lasts until summer solstice on September 20th. Wise as I was told said. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah. The wise man uh, must have said that. All those games that Nintendo has said are coming in summer 2019, that means they're all coming out in September, boys. And I, I, I have 11 of them on my list. And that doesn't include <laughs> the other 25 games. DLC packs or hardware revisions slotted you know, for September. If I was a if I was an indie dev and I had a game coming out in September, I would uh, find some glitches. <laughs> I think yeah. that would delay it a month or so. I, I, you need more stabilities. Yeah, I gotta have I gotta have stability. You gotta work on it all through the month of September, um, and yeah. Anyway, speaking of September, tons to talk about on this week's show. Indie World uh, was this week on Monday, showed off a ton of new games coming to Switch. We're going to run down our favorites. Also, uh, upcoming game announcements and uh, some rumors and discussion as well. So let's dive right in, shall we? And as always, our news is brought to us by who, Gary? By our lovely, lovely patrons over at patreon.com. Yes. So, 
for a little as a dollar, these guys are making the world go around for us, right? They are. They are. That is that is entirely what they do. Yeah, completely. Yep. They they are fantastic from a dollar all the way up to $30 a month supporting us, and we are super thankful for them. And uh, this week, uh, you if you, you know, have been around, there's been a ton of discussion. Indie World, you know, happened, and uh, lots of discussion about that over on the Discord and uh, upcoming games as well, especially uh, a lot of our patrons excited about Astral Chain uh, that's coming up uh, very soon at the end of this month, actually next week. Uh, yep. And so lots of discussion over there. And, you know, for all of those games, we do specific channels uh, for each game if if people request it. And it starts at the, the $5 level. You can get in on those game-specific channels uh, and get, you know, talk about them, trade hints and tips and tricks and, you know, where you are. Hopefully no spoilers, right? Because that's why I don't even go in the Fire Emblem channel because <laughs> I've put no time into it this week. And so I'm so afraid that I'm going to go in there and see something I shouldn't see. Kind of like my grandmother's bathroom when I was little. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's save that for after dark. Okay, so <laughs> But guys, anyway, patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. You can head over there and become a patron of the show. Uh just like uh folks have been signing up like gangbusters lately, and we're super thankful for each and every one of them. And uh if you're out there, you're a patron of the show and you don't have access to the Discord, then what you need to do is you need to contact Tim from Minnesota, and he will make sure that he gets you in there. All right. Changed, I actually changed his Twitter name to that. I know too. because so now awesome. he, he's eventually going to have to move there because that's what's going to happen. Uh, but no, seriously, contact us. Uh, you can either email us at uh, podcast at nintendodads.org or uh, just contact us at nintendodads at gmail.com. If you can't get in, we will forward that on to him. We'll make sure that you get access to the Discord. Um, John Blanco says it's a slash, not a backslash. Whatever. <laughs> I don't need all of his technical It's his Xenoblade reference that Marty does every week. Backslash! Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. That's, thank you for saving me there. Uh, so guys, let's talk about uh, the big story of the week. Indie World uh, showed up on August 19th. Uh, rounding up a whole host of brand new indie games coming to the Switch and capping the, uh, the, the I guess, I don't want to call it a direct, but capping the presentation off with finally revealing that uh, basically what everybody has known for a while, Ori in the Blind Forest from Microsoft coming to the Switch. It is the definitive edition that will launch on September 17th. It was probably the, for, for a a number of people, the biggest game announcement uh, yeah. from this. But uh, we're going to do a little something different. In the past, what we've done over the last few directs is we've gone and done like blow by blow, play by play on that. And uh, we got told that's boring. And it is. Let's be honest. You, Most of you have probably already watched it. If you listen to us, you're, you know, you, you're a Nintendo fan You've already watched the direct, right? We don't need to re-go through all of it for you. So what we're going to do tonight is just talk about what games stuck out to us. What games are we excited about um, and what worked in this presentation and what didn't. And I want to I want to cap this off or, or kind of kick this off by saying that 
and I was I was hyped going into it. After I watched it, I don't know that I was very excited about it. Like, because in the past, like with indie presentations, especially like I, there's been game after game after game that I've gone, oh, I want that, oh, I want that, oh, that looks awesome, that looks awesome. And so this time, I found myself more often than not going, I'll pass. I don't think that looks like it's for me. Uh, you know, I don't get it. Uh, and so I want to ask you guys here on the front end, before we talk about what games were like, is it indie fatigue? Are we simply inundated with too many games to play? Or was this presentation just underwhelming? For me, uh, I think it's a bit of everything. Uh, I'm, I'm fatigued with gaming uh, with indie games at the minute and sometimes gaming in general uh, you know uh, covering every week and trying to play as much as you can and, and it's like I said we, we, we're dads here right we're not we're not doing this as a professional sort of uh, IGN thing so we we balance our work and home life with the podcast and with the gaming and that's why it's so cool that there's three of us because sometimes one or two of us don't get to play um and I think that there's so many major big releases that it's it's so hard to get excited over the little releases at the minute because they're sandwiched in between major titles. Now, I think there's so much coming out. That these, I'm not going to finish half of these major titles. Like, I'm definitely not going to finish Fire Emblem before Astral Chain next week. So it's, uh, it's, it's a strange, strange time to be releasing games if you're an indie looking for people's money when there's so many big games there but we, we've you know i mean it was about time that we had one of these uh, directs on the other hand and there is people who don't like the main titles so uh yeah i can see each which way but me personally not so excited about this direct not so many games that called out to me in fact i think for the first time ever there was like less games that i was excited for than excited for so so yeah it's it's um to me, it's it's not one of the indie directs I've enjoyed the most. In my in my case, I normally only like one or two games from any any indie montage or any indie direct that uh, shows up. So, and this was no different. So, while I think in general this seemed to be a little bit of a lesser exciting one than other ones. Overall, you know, just for me compared to others, it's been pretty consistently eh. But this one <laughs> has seemed to be a little bit less eh than normal too. So it's a little bit again, a little bit of both. You know, definitely. Yeah. There's only like literally only one game here on like day one purchase for me, and then and that's what that's Cat Quest. Just say too. it. I mean, come on, <laughs> own it. It's Cat Quest. Yeah, you all know how. We know much, that. Yeah, if if you if you listened last year or no, 2017 when I played through the first game, I enjoyed the puns. You know, I uh, I I like the dad jokes. So all all the cat jokes, I'm I'm 100 there for that. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a weird place to be in. Um, I guess here going into September. And we've talked about this several times on the show about just how absolutely loaded the game the, the game calendar is in September, right? Uh, how many did you say earlier? Is twenty twenty five already 25, added? Yeah, I have. Well, including anything that showed up here, 
I now have 25 games slotted or 25 items slotted for release in September. That includes one DLP, one DLC pack and a piece of hardware. So 23 games. Okay. So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like, I don't really understand how they, how they plan September out and why they did this and why they allowed it to be <laughs> the way it is. I mean, I guess indie devs do have some sort of uh, control over when they release things. And so do publishers and things like that. But like, I look at the end of this year and it's just like an avalanche of titles. And, and what I worry about is even big name releases, you know, triple um, a titles, I guess you might call them. I worry about them being buried in much in the same way that a weekly burying is going on on the Nintendo eShop. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, like I just, well, unless I mean, let's, let's look at September 24th by itself, you have Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate two and Icewind Dale enhanced edition. So three Dungeons and Dragons games dump it on the same day. And there's right. a fourth and a fourth, there's a fourth one, not no fourth one somewhere too. I don't know if that's also the 24th or, I don't remember what the fourth and, one was. And not only, and that makes like September is one of the most RPG heavy months. Yeah, we have Link's Awakening and Nino Kuni coming out on the same day. Yeah. Dragon Quest Dragon coming Quest out the next week. Out. Ori coming out the week after that week. And then Final Fantasy VIII's coming out September third. Like there like I don't care how big a fan of role playing you games you are, you don't have time for all that. There's no way that you have time to to purchase every single one of these those games and get through them before the next one comes out. Well, just like the way they they released seven, nine, and twelve this earlier yeah. this year, just bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Um, so, like for me, this presentation was kind of weird. Uh, I thought it was kind of oddly timed, and it felt. I don't want to say it felt empty because there were tons of games, right? But it just didn't feel like there was, you know, in the last couple of indies, there's been like a big blockbuster, right? That was like that day release or or something like that. And it just did not feel like that because we, we were talking before the show about super hot. And that was like, we saw the, the hype leading up to the direct, Oh, they're going to, they're going to release super hot, super hot's coming to switch. It's coming. But then you ask people, well, why is this important? And I haven't found anyone online who like really wants to talk about like, this is why it's important. Neither have I seen a Nintendo switch only review of super hot. I've seen people talk about how great it is in VR but I'm not like on other systems, but I'm, I'm not wondering even... if anyone even knew about this outside of Nintendo. So like IGN game explained, they didn't even get So they didn't have a chance to review this beforehand. I don't think, I think it was shadow drop just like everyone else. And then right. hotline Miami has been rumored for a while. And then they, all of a sudden, boom, it drops. I know uh, like John Blanco got it and a couple, maybe a couple others, but like, to me, those two titles just did not really do like I honestly when Ori showed at the end, I was thinking that's that's a shadow drop today. Hallelujah. This is gonna save this presentation for me. And it didn't. And it's not that it was bad. I mean, there there there's nothing uh, overtly negative or bad about the presentation. It just did not grab me. It didn't do it for me this time. Whereas other times I've been super 
excited. But, you know, uh, well, I'll tell you what. We'll talk about that here in a minute, uh, about what what maybe we wanted to see. Um, let's talk about what we did see. Um, you know, three to five games for you that really made this or really stuck out to you or really said, I'm going to keep that on my radar. Um, maybe we'll just go around the horn here and do one at a time until our lists are done. So, Jesse, I'll start with you. You talked about Cat Quest. Let's let's dive into that just a little bit. Why? Okay. Well, they the, the first game hinted at like uh, I forget the name of the other other kingdom, but it's basically a, a dog kingdom. So, which is the enemy of the cats. So, I, we're going to be the second game is going to lean more towards the dog kingdom, and I think you might actually have a, a dog as a co-op player. I don't hundred percent remember if I heard that, heard that right, but there is definitely co-op in the game, but I don't remember if, if the other one's a, one of the dog characters or not, but uh, we, so they're introducing more areas to explore more characters to meet, you know, stuff you would hope to see in a, an RPG sequel. I, I would hope that if they ever did make a, a dog version of that, instead of calling it cat quest, you know, having kind of that alliteration there, they would call it Doggo Dungeon. <laughs> yes. Type my money. Um, I think I have it. I'm looking at my notes here. I thought I had it subtitled. No, I'm not seeing it. Oh, yeah. Cat Quest 2, the Lupus Empire. So Lupus is the, the dog race. Okay. Woofer World. <laughs> So I'm hoping for equal number of dog puns when we get to that side of the map. Like, because remember, like you're where you're running around is it's like you're running around on a 2D map, so you actually see place names and border lines on the map that you're running around in. So you see the city names and, and area names with right. littered, littered with cat puns and I'm hoping to see dog puns too or more and or more cat puns. Okay. So Gary, what about you? What's, uh, what's your first one? Uh, for me, it's a game that I've played multiple times over the last couple of years, which is called fogs, which is, uh, it wasn't in the main presentation. It was actually in the sizzle reel at the end. Um, it's a game about a double ended dog, uh, which is, uh, a stretchy double ended dog. If you guys have seen cat dog, Imagine dog dog instead of cat dog. Uh, <laughs> it's basically uh, it's a it's a co op game and it's so built for the Switch that I'm amazed that it's been this this late until we've actually seen it surface on the Switch because you got a dog with a blue collar and a dog with a red collar and you have to work together to overcome different obstacles. It's got like this borderless sort of flat shaded graphic style a bit like the goose game that we've seen before in the past um really enjoyed it every time i played it every time i see it it looks more and more polished and more fun and uh yeah it's just it's so good um I, I can't wait for that to come out yeah so it was odd that i think that that showed up in the in the sizzle reel um and i think that's that may be one of the places that i took a uh, an issue to this um the, just the whole indie world print. I know they do this every time, but I really don't think it's a good idea to put games in your sizzle reel that you've not talked about on the show. 
Like spend some time, maybe spend 30 seconds talking about it. And then sizzle reel games that are just out sizzle reel games that are, have been out for a little bit and, and get the hype up for them. In fact, sizzle reel games that maybe aren't selling as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And and remind people that they're there because they're probably buried in the eShop under tons of shovelware. Or mention yeah, games uh, that you may have previously featured and reminding people are still coming. Like the first, the the biggest thing I heard at the end of it was, "Where is Untitled Goose Game?" Well, obviously they're not going to talk about it here because they want to talk about new stuff. But it makes sense that they would probably reintroduce something that they've talked about before in a in in a montage. Yeah, I think I think that's one thing I disliked about this. Uh indie world as opposed to some of the others like i think i think um the ones that are normally hosted by nintendo uk have got the pacing better uh than most of the others because they tend to not spend so long on one game but instead go through everything a lot faster and i think that these sort of games that was in sizzle reel could have done with being like that they could have done you know a couple of sentences at most about what the game is rather than just showing a bit of graphics and then Heading off, especially with indie games, because it's hard. Because there's such an artistic flair that indie games have got over, uh, you know, big budget titles that sometimes it's hard to see an indie game and be excited for it without them telling you exactly what's going on. So uh, yeah. Anyway, Fox Fox was my first pick uh, on there. It's a game, like I said, we've actually played. Justin really liked it as well when he played it. So I think that's one to look out for. And to be honest, it, it's definitely a game I'm going to be playing with my daughter. It's it's uh, such a daddy-daughter game, but it's uh, it's something to really look forward to. Gotcha. Uh, I think for my first pick, I'm going to go with The Tourist, which is uh, by Shinnan, who mm-hmm. you might know from uh, Fast RMX. It's really cool to see them doing a complete different. I think Jim said he's interested in this one, too. Yeah, like I think it's really cool to see them doing a complete departure from what Fast RMX was and doing a completely different genre of game. Uh, and I love the art style in this game, like the super blocky Minecraft esque, but it's in that like two point five D, and it looks like you know you're on these islands and you're exploring, going into mines and passageways, and like um, awakening different parts of the island as you're on vacation. And so I, I don't know, just the whole package of it, I, I think, came across really well. It's it's something that's different, uh, and I'm excited about it. Like uh, November 2019, too. Like so, it's really close. Yeah, I mean, this this would have been my second pick as well, and um, I, I've got a full faith in Shin and Multimedia. They've done some incredible games, and Fast RMX is obviously straight up there. And did you see? Did you spot that it looked like there was a bit of a D make in there in one of the arcade machines of uh, yes, Fast RMX? I did. It looks I, like that maybe you have to play that as part of a quest. At first, when he when he hopped on there, like I wasn't making the connection of shit in making fast armix and i was like they've they've made a, a an f-zero clone in this game click then it realized i realized <laughs> what it was right so yeah it's pretty i mean it's a little co- cool little callback yeah I, I think this game looks brilliant i can't wait to see a bit more about it um the art style like you say is it's, it's quite an interesting one but it's a really really good take on it like we've seen other other um games do that namely crossy roads which is a big one with that sort of square blocky character like, but this 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 Thank is like you, that because I've been trying to place that art style 
for yeah. a whole week, like going back and watching the videos of it. And I never could get like, think about it. That's it. It's, it's crossy roads. roads. Yeah. But this looks like that, but bumped up with their sort of, I mean, they're, they're really good at optimizing for the, for the machines that they run these games on. So, uh, yeah, it looks like they've done a really good job with the graphics. Well, hopefully I'll be better at it than I was fast RMX. I'm we terrible should... at that game. <laughs> right so uh jesse what was your second did you have a second pick okay, well I personally i don't have anything else that i'm interested in but there was a few other games i wanted to talk about based on hearing conversations in our discord like there was seem to be like little you know people were comparing torchlight 2 and dungeon defenders so i wanted to t- at least talk a little bit about what i know about those games so there. I've never played Torchlight 2, but I've played the original Torchlight on PC, and it's basically a Diablo clone. Mm-hmm. So, which this was well before Diablo 3 came out on PC. So, if you if you like Diablo, you'll probably you'll probably like Torchlight, this uh, dungeon crawly loot collection type type of thing. Dungeon Defenders is a, a kind of a hybrid. It starts out as like a tower defense game, so you you build towers to along paths to try to get enemies but then when it goes into the actual battle like you take on the role of one of the units and you can run around the map doing your own combat independently of what the towers are doing around you so i think i played a little bit of that originally on pc as well and that's when i found out i wasn't a fan of tower defense games (laughs) so those are so if you're into those type of genres, you know, keep an eye out for those. Okay. Uh, I think for me, the second one would have to be uh scale boy. Uh, I know that that immediately, as soon as it came up, I was like, yes, this is very, very good. And I don't know that it's uh, a roguelike or not, but it certainly seems like one uh, where you, when you defeat, enemies you get their body parts and you're able to attach them to your skeleton and use them for different powers it it reminds me a lot of rad which released this week on uh the eShop from double fine but in kind of a different twist to it it says it's an action rpg uh and it just the whole presentation of it too looked looked really good um the problem i have with it is that it's it's taking too long to come out. It's a December 3rd. And I'm like, why are you showing this to me now? Uh, Cause I, now I want it like immediately. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, it, it has that. Um, it kind of reminded me. Oh, PlayStation, maybe it was three or four uh, where there was the, like the RPG maker. Do you remember that Jesse? You kind of broke up there a bit. Can you repeat that, please? Oh, I'm sorry. The RPG Maker that was, I think it was on PlayStation 3. Do you remember that? Um, I think I played a little bit on 3DS, but uh, I, but I have I didn't I didn't play much of it. Yeah, so like I'm just saying, like the art style of this kind of reminds me of that. The way it's it's 3D, but it also kind of look. It's almost Paper Mario ish in a way. The way that, like, I'm looking at some of the screenshots now, 
uh, like the way that it uses 3D and blurring toward the front, you know, when you're in the back of the screen. Uh, almost, and like the menu looks a little Minecrafty as well. It, like it's going to be super interesting to see how this one turns out. I'm so Skellboy is is my pick for number two. Uh, Gary, what about your third? Oh, um, I think Rokies looks incredibly well. I've been following this game for a while on Twitter. Um, it caught my eye when uh, this there was a post about art styles, and it had like. Uh, one of their character models spinning around slowly. And uh, as soon as I saw that character model, something just drew me to it, drew me to it. And um, I've been following it ever since. And every time I see something new, it looks more and more inviting. So, um, yeah, I think I think this is a game though that I was actually hyped for before this presentation. Um, so it, it definitely looks like one to, that's, that's got a bit of mystery to it as well, one to keep an eye on. Yeah, see, like this, this is one that's been on a lot of people's radar. I've seen a lot of people mention it over the last couple of days, and it just did not do anything for me. Mm. I, I don't know why. Like, it just did not, like, really click there. Like, I, watching it at first, I was kind of interested, but I've gone back and watched the trailer a couple of times, and, you know, it's just, I don't know. I've got, I feel like there's other games like it out already. I quite that like that sense. sort of, um, you know, there's quite a few games like it now that have that sort of uh, other end of Europe, uh, like old folk tale mystery sort of thing to them. Uh, and I'm always a little bit drawn to those games, you know, especially especially the ones sort of... Uh, I can't remember what the game was called. Was it Year Walk, was it, or something like that? Yeah, the, yeah. The sort of uh, more like mountainy, snowy games and stuff like that. Uh, I quite like the, the the folk tales, like European folk tales, and and this looks like it's right up my street because of that. So, yeah, it's, I think it's a. Uh, the, the more I see of it, like I said, the more I, the more I seem to like it, and this this trailer helped even more. So, yeah, definitely looking looking forward to that. Awesome. What about you, Jesse? Anything else? No, I mentioned everything I wanted to mention. <laughs> I, I kinda... just wanted to make sure that we weren't leaving you out here. Yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of uh, threw two games out at once when I talked about the second one, so I don't, uh, I don't have anything else to, to that I wanted to talk about. Okay, uh, third for me is probably and and like honestly, I don't know about this, and I'm gonna have to see more about it as we get closer to release date. Is Earth Night? Uh, I like just seeing the the whole package together was was pretty intriguing like uh, kind of like a, a a base jumping dragon sonic running type game like is that am i getting the gary you you saw i mean am i getting the right impression from that game i i couldn't work it out if i'm being honest with you um uh it it looks interesting um the art uh, style I, definitely looks interesting i couldn't quite figure out exactly what the game was so, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask. It, like, it, I mean, they made mention that it was like the dragon apocalypse, it, <laughs> and they yeah. like apparently you're jumping through space, running across the top of dragons and killing them before you jump to the next one. Yeah, it. I, I was confused as to whether it was like a, an on rail shooter to start with, or whether it was a platformer, and it took me a while to try and figure it out. 
And I'm, I'm still not quite there. I couldn't figure out what, exactly what was going on. But uh, it does look pretty fun. And, like, uh, the art style looks pretty good on it. Um, but, yeah, I'm slightly confused over it. <laughs> So is it is it a platformer though? Is it? Yeah, I mean it looked like it looked like half two D platformer, half. Um, there's these sections. There's these weird sections in Lego games. Sometimes I remember it like being in like Lego Avengers, where you would be on the uh, the the helicarrier and you would jump off, and there would be like rings that you had to dive through. You know, it's like so. It's kind of like Pilot so- Wings meets Sonic. I was going to say, it looked very Sonic special stage. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. Like, it looks like those are the in-between and the running and, you know, platforming is the main part of the game. But like I said, it, and they didn't give a, a release date other than 2019 for that. So I would assume toward the end of the year. But it'll be interesting to see how that one uh, shapes up, in a, you know, as we get closer. Um, do you have any others, Gary? Um, not really. I mean, or in the blind forest, I'm going to say it now. I think, I think is, is the one that everybody's looking forward to the most. Um, I really like the look of it. I'm not sure if I'm going to be really picking up any game in 2019 off this list. Um, and that's nothing to do with, with the games. It's just the fact that there's so, so much big, like main releases and triple A's coming out. I'm never going to have time to play any of all of these or uh, all of those. So, uh, yeah, I think Ori in the Blind Forest looks really good, but I might skip it, especially because um, I've got Xbox Game Pass for PC. Fairly sure this will be on it in no time. Yeah, Ori is a game I tried to to confirm around back in E3 time, but when I was thinking, I was trying to think of Nina Cooney, but I thought of said Ori instead. <laughs> so. I'm right. Three months later. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like Ori has already been free for yeah. Xbox players. So that, uh, and if, if not, it's, it's probably coming very soon. Right. I mean, to kind of offset that uh, one, one last game that I wanted to talk about from this list uh, that I'm super excited about uh, was um, Eastward. And I don't know whether to really be excited about it. Uh, I mean, of course, Ori is is a given. I mean, it's a Metroidvania. It looks beautiful. I'm super excited about it, too. But Eastward uh, was the one of the only games that was talked about uh, that was, that I'm saying that was actually talked about, not in the sizzle reel. It was actually talked about as 2020 with no real release date given, just 2020. Um, and it kind of looked like Undertale-esque meets Stardew Valley type gameplay. I've heard a lot of people talk about the soundtrack and say that they, you know, were excited about it just for that alone. I don't know. I mean, it didn't show all that much, so I don't know what they heard that I didn't, but, uh, any of, did any of you guys like, did this pique your interest at all? Not really so much for me now, Jesse. See, I honestly don't remember anything about that game other than that it was <laughs> talked about. So it, it didn't. It did not leave an impression. 
Yeah, and, well, and of so, course, on the other hand, it's partially my fault. Is when I wa- I only watched the video once, and that was for note taking, not necessarily to pay attention to the games. Yeah. Uh, so the only reason it, it initially caught my eye was because Chucklefish is attached to it, and they've like pretty much everything they've done has has been quality. Um, but it's you know the story says it's a, a minor discovers a young girl in a secret underground facility and then they kind of pair up and you know i guess she probably i'm guessing she probably has powers and he she helps him through you know puzzles and different things like that it just it looked interesting it looked at the graphically it looked well done it's one i'm going to keep my eye on but uh just to, to wrap this up like i think gary or uh, yeah, Gary mentioned earlier when he was talking about Fogs, uh, there's there's a ton of games that have been shown off in these, uh, you know, indie presentations that we still have not seen. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm gonna, like, there's there's a couple of notable ones, and then there's one that I kind of want to, like, it baffled me. Um, where is Super Meat Boy Forever? Yeah, they they don't like to show the games twice in these things, do they? Um, and I mean, I understand I understand why because if you're bombarding people with the same indie over and over again, they're going to care a lot less about the others. But uh, but it, but like I'm talking like Super Meat Boy Forever was shown off in 2017. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty right, yeah. sure that there's people who don't think this game exists anymore. Yeah, and and that's on the Nintendo side is marked as TBD, so it doesn't even have a, a year anymore. I mean, I've played it as well. Like it was, it, there was a playable demo at uh, EGX the same year. Um, Justin played it as well. I mean, Justin was ama- amazed, and that's why he hasn't been on the podcast since because he knows that I've totally showed him up by being the best at it. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, little joke there. Wasn't that good? Uh, there's a video of me sweating intensely playing it. But uh, I, I think I think they did give an update at some point, if I remember right, saying they were putting it on more platforms. Um, but it's not uncommon for the for the games to disappear like that. I mean, you know uh, that I, I can't remember the name of it now. But there was that fighting game, the one that looked like it was on Neo Geo. Oh, Pocket Rumble. Pocket Rumble. Yeah, that, that disappeared for a very long time. For a year. Yeah. yeah. We didn't hear yeah. anything about it. And the Total Goose game uh, is still come a back. It came back in a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. Untitled that, Goose that, Game's still about, and uh, that that's been that's that's another one that I want to mention was Untitled Goose Game. Like I was super disappointed that we didn't see anything about that, especially since the release date for that was supposed to be you know like end of summer or fall 2019, and I mean, uh, yeah, it's still I have it still marked the 2019 and game. The the uh, the 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 other one that really baffled me was that they made a really big deal about. Spirit Fairer in the last indie presentation, and this time it's relegated to a sizzle reel. Yeah, and not even talked about. I know. I mean, it, it's easy to forget sometimes that these the teams that work on these are one, two people sometimes. You know, and and if there's more than that, there's not too many. So what might seem like a a, a small repair job for a big company could take these guys a very long time. Uh, and so I think that when an indie game disappears, uh, you really don't have any idea of when it will come back. Because, like I said, if if they find quite a big flaw in the game, it's probably quite a big cleanup for one or two people. So as we've asked before, and knowing that, is it um, 
Is it a good idea to show games off that early? I mean, again, it boils down to like if the, if the entire game's being worked on and it is near the end. Let's let's say let's use Goose Game. Let's say that Goose Game is pretty much done and that they they had the clear sight and then they find a major flaw which would ruin the game completely. Not saying that's happened, but let's say that that does. But the team, it's going to take them six months to clean that up and iron it out. And nobody could have seen that coming. So this is the hard thing with Indies, you see, is when is the right time to show anything? But, you know, I mean, we saw Breath of the Wild like three, four years before it came out. So it's tough, isn't it? It's really hard to say when is the right time to show a game. The bigger the game, the more it's okay to show it early. Yeah. if you're the smaller game that'll get lost in the shuffle after two weeks or, yeah. or less, it it, need, it needs to stay the focus and it needs to be released very shortly after it's shown. Otherwise it'll get lost. But I mean, I just want to re- reassure people at home. Don't fret. Don't worry. Mighty number nine, 3DS this year sometime. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, earlier I said, I had in, in my release game list, I have 25 games marked as September. I have mm-hmm. 55 games marked as 2019 with no specific date. Wow. So yeah. it, there's we we're going to be packed throughout the rest of the year. Most of the I expect half of these to shift into next year, but still that's a lot of games to be looking forward to. Yeah, even if half of those shift into next year, it's still quite a bit, especially considering that what we have left is like massive RPG and Dragon Quest, uh probably 15-hour game in Luigi's Mansion, Astral Chain. Nobody knows how long that's going to be. It's probably 10, 10, 15 hours. Pokemon. One of those games in the 2019 list is your Kentucky Route Zero that you're looking forward to. Yeah, that's, yeah, never. (laughs) uh, So um, I've got to ask you guys, right? Do you you honestly think that we're overrun now with, uh, with indies? Do you think that the... Uh, the shuffle, the shovelware that's been continuously bombarding the Switch is actually affecting it because I haven't played and really enjoyed an indie game since uh, SteamWorld Quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even the ones that I have a, a draw to and an interest in, I find myself not picking up. And I think it's because that I've played so many in one go, so many indie games and so much that I never got around to my AAA games that I brought and uh, it's sort of collapsed in on itself and now all I want to do is play the big games. And Fortnite. Like, I'm addicted to Fortnite at the minute. Uh, I've, well, got to, I've got to at least get 50th against these 12-year-olds. <laughs> I do think Nintendo has to at least cherry-pick what they think is going to be... a it has the potential to be a good game and feature them so people know that they're coming. Because if they don't, they definitely will get lost. Yeah. I, I think that one way they could do that, and I know we've talked a lot about the eShop and how it's set up and everything, but maybe even just to configure a a list of this is what came out today that's not on a website, right? That's not... Uh, buried somewhere. I mean, I get most of mine from my Nintendo news.com, but like have a, have a, a thing on the side over here. You know, you can, you've got your all games and all that stuff, but have a new releases tab, right? That 
doesn't have pages. Don't constrict it to 20 games a page or 10 games a page or whatever. Make it open-ended and show only what came out that day. Hmm. And and that way, if I know, like, you know, it's Thursday, it's eShop day, there's boom, right? Right. There's 25 games. Or at least, okay, so now or at least give us like a little calendar and we can pick the day we want to see games that were released. Yeah, from. yeah. well, I mean, that would be a feature too. I mean, go back days or, go, you know, go forward days, even if you know things. But like the spotlight is, is, such a, is such a tool here that I think is underutilized. Like I'll get news spotlights, you know, in my little, you know, when I open up my Switch or, or whatever, or I'll go, actually go and open the news bubble and, and read those. But who picks, right? Is it, I mean, does right. how does an indie dev get on the good list? And in my case, I'm trying to look at the news as meaningless because I, I have four accounts in four different regions. So I get news, <laughs> the same news yeah. item in four different yeah. times. So it's, it doesn't I mean, really, sometimes. realistically, I know, I know we have a lot of talk about the eShop and how awful the navigating of it is, but I don't think I've ever struggled to find a game that I'm interested in. Um, and I kind of, I'm quite happy not having other games thrown at me and forced at me in that sort of way. I think uh, I think that the home screen does need a bit of a tidy up. The Wii U did it better. Let's let's put it that, like that. Um, but I don't really know a way that the eShop could really be any like better other than that. Um, but yeah, there's just so much coming out so fast, and there's so much uh, rubbish. Uh, I'm going to say it rubbish thrown on the eShop that it's, it's, I mean, Santa tracker exists. Let's just leave it at that, that it's kind of getting, it's, it's kind of putting the better indies down is, is what I'm trying to say is like, this is exactly how I felt about steam and exactly how I feel about the iOS mobile gaming um, network as well. And it's a shame because to me, the, the only way that I find, generally find indies that i'm really interested in is either if they have a connection to another dev that i really like or if i go to events and get hands-on and i think that i think even when they put demos out the demos get lost in the eShop as well and i think it's uh i think they're they're really like you should not have to go to the side and go to search to search games with demos that should be a tab yeah on the side uh maybe even indies need to be a, t- a tab on the side because you know, like with the Wii U well, shop, yeah. there now was we're, a, now there we're was talking a, about categories, which like they saying, should yeah, have. But I mean, but they highlighted different things and it changed daily or even weekly on the Wii U, you know, right. slam the Wii U as much as you want. But the eShop management on that was so much better because they were trying to highlight that content. It wasn't just a constant like pipe of sewage that was flowing into your system. Uh, and I know, like, it's not all bad, but it's got to be disheartening for a dev who puts their heart and soul into a game, and then they release it, and 25 other games, you know, come out, and it just so happens that their game that they have blood, sweat, and tears into gets pushed to the second page, and nobody ever sees it. I mean, this this is a problem with with generally how everything is at the minute. There's an overconsumption of medias, and uh, which which makes even more creators come out of the woodworks. Like, it's like podcasting, right? Like we're up against what probably like three thousand other Nintendo podcast shows, right? 
Um, and it, I think the gaming scene has gone so, so mental since the iOS market has, has come into light that it's uh, it's so easy for someone to make a game now compared to how it used to be that we, we're going to get flooded with these. And it's where do you make the separation? Where do you make the line? And I think that one of the biggest things that Nintendo misses on the eShop, which is something that uh, the likes of Amazon and eBay or Facebook and everything like that does, is tailor the games that are shown to you personally by your tastes. And I think that uh, as a marketing uh, strategy, that's a massive hole that Nintendo's got there. Like it's such a big hole that, that he's missing. And, is and a recommended key, like, for an you. algorithm, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You buy you buy a lot of roguelikes, so we think you'll like this game. Yeah, you buy a lot of action games, so we think you'll like this game. You buy a lot of Picross games, so here's a new Picross game. Exactly, like like Jesse could miss that one Picross game that he didn't pick up. If it, but if they had an algorithm there, and and a way that um, knows what Jesse likes, then that that Picross game could be uh, right there on his home screen every time. So it's it's a it's a strange, strange time for gaming, in my opinion. Um, like Gary, Gary bought uh, Fire Emblem, so we'll give him every wa- waifu game. <laughs> no, please, no, <laughs> no more waifu games. But yeah, I mean, at least it would be recommending something to me, right? Rather than go on the eShop and be like, "Here's the top twenty new uh, like shovelware games that we've released this week. Enjoy." Um, Ibrosel says you need more husband dog games. <laughs> we got Dream Daddy, right? It's that, coming. That is? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's the indie thought, scenes are really out? strange. I thought that was out already. And, uh, and yeah, that's that's just the way I'm. Fe- I, I, th- I don't know if that's just the way I'm feeling or whether it's a general thing, but uh, I just I just feel like it's so oversaturated at the minute that it's hard to get excited over games at the minute. Yeah, speak, speaking uh, about slipping through the cracks, that game came out in July, first week of July. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we should probably move on from the indie thing. We've we spent enough oh, time sure, talking yeah. about it. And... Uh, and and honestly, like I said, maybe we didn't cover the games that that you wanted us to cover, but uh, it's kind of the idea is you've probably watched it and you have your own opinions. These are just things we're excited about, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's not that we don't like the other games. It's not that we're not excited about them. It's just that. We could honestly do a two-hour show just on breaking down every game and talking about how we feel about it. But there's obviously ones in this list for all three of us we're not going to purchase, right? And, and you know what? I think I think if you guys, uh, with the conversation of the that we've just had about games and indies and oversaturation and eShop and stuff, I think you guys should get in contact with us and let us know how you're feeling about it. So tweet us uh, at Nintendo Dads. Let us know on YouTube or wherever it may be. Uh, just get in contact. We want to hear from you guys. We want to know exactly how you're feeling about it as well. Absolutely. Tweet us. Email us. Tell us maybe about a game that you we didn't talk about that you really are hyped about. We would love to hear about it. All right. So uh, moving on, let's talk about some recent game release announcements. Uh, you know, more of the picture of the end of the year is coming into view now. And uh, we already knew that Dragon Quest Eleven uh, S Echoes of the Elusive Age uh, was coming September 27th. But if you didn't know, there is a demo that is now available both in North America and Europe for this game reportedly 10 hours of the game is included in this demo and progress from the demo will be migrated over to the full game, which is so 
super smart. Uh, if there was ever a uh, if there was ever a, a a way to sell people on this game, this is this game needs a demo, right? Like for me, it needed a demo. I was totally against the game, didn't even care about it, didn't even want it. Now I'm two hours into the demo, and I'm like, hmm, I might buy this, right? Yeah. People I know who more. have played the game on the PS4 saying this is probably the best Dragon Quest that they've ever put out. Mm. So I'm, you know, I, I, I could have bought it on the PS4, but I wanted it on the Switch, so I waited. So I, I haven't played this game yet. I haven't tried the demo yet, but uh, probably will try uh, put some try to put some time into it this weekend. Um, before the show, I asked Marty as if when he downloaded the demo, did he get the actual game? icon with it outside of the demo because i have it i figured out where that came from um at least in the i don't know if it's also in europe but in the north america eShop, they have a free dlc bundle you can download before even before you buy the game i I downloaded that so that's why i have the main game icon showing up so i still can't access it obviously until i buy the game but that that's where that came from so you're able to you're able to go in and download that dlc now before you buy the game, if you want it. Yeah, so that's why, you, like, I get it now. That's why you have that icon, even though there's a little cloud next to it. Right. You know. Um, so that that's coming out on the 27th. The demo's out there. You can go get it. It's it's pretty good. I'm not, you know, it's, it's pretty good. Also revealed this week, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt that we knew is coming to the Switch now has a release date of October 15th, 2019. Which, thank God, it's not in September, right? <laughs> um, you know, like they remembered that you can release games in other months. Um, yeah, Square Enix didn't get so the memo, apparently. This is the complete edition of this game. It is also available for pre-download right now, clocking in at a whopping 28.1 gigabytes. Uh, it all fits on one cart, even all the DLC. Um, lots of people are saying that this is a complete just magic trick that they've been able to get this running the way it is on the switch. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm super uh, excited about this. A good friend of mine, Phil Myth, who I own a website with, uh, the Nintendo village.com. He went over to Gamescom this week where it was playable. Uh, I've just seen that he's got a preview up on the website now and he's saying it was really, really good. He said it is running incredibly well. So uh, that's it. it's something to get really excited for because, uh, you know, we normally miss out on these games being Nintendo fans, but um, here it is and we've got it. Yeah, like rumored for a ton of time, right, that it was coming, obviously it was being worked on. Uh, I This is a game that I, that I completely skipped over on other systems, and so I don't know. Honestly, I don't know that I'll get it this year. It'll probably be like one of those things. So let's see if it comes down in price a little bit. Let's, you know... It was still asked Somebody's going to have to really sell it on me. It was still asked a question in the chat to clarify. Uh, so, y- yes, you do not need to download anything to play the game. The, I'm sure there will be patches, but it isn't like Doom where you half the game was on cart and you had to download the other half. You know, the, mm-hmm. the full game's on cart. Yeah, and, and that is a big... Like, they're pushing that as a big selling point. You're not going to have to download anything. Yeah, I think this is the right? first game that's being put on a 32-gig cart. Yes, Yes. So uh, exciting to, to see that that's coming very soon as well. Also, I know a lot of people are excited about this. Final Fantasy VIII Remastered is getting a physical release and also will release on September the 3rd of 2019 because we don't have anything else to play that month. Uh, 
<laughs> and I, I just think it's interesting. It's getting a physical release. Uh, I'm going to make it clear right here that there is no game that I hate more than Diddy Kong Racing other than Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> it is an aberration and an abomination, and it needed to stay buried where the code died and burned in a fire. Awful game. Don't at me. Send all your hate mail to... No, 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 no. Send all your hate mail to Marty. He completely deserves it. That's, that's twice now that he's upsetting people. So, yeah. He's I don't care. Your... <laughs> I don't care this game is garbage. There's a guy carrying around a sword that has a big revolver on the end of it. And now you play into the travel. Gungeon. Isn't that sort of thing you into the Gungeon? <laughs> that, no, no. Inner <laughs> Gungeon made that cool. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that's Squall, the Squall, or whatever his name is. Thundershower, Cloud and Squall. Blech. I mean, this game <laughs> is stupid. There should never be another Final Fantasy. You know, you know why this game is dumb? And I'm going to look. If you like it, great. I think this game is dumb. Here's why. There should never be a game about requiring you to use magic where you have to draw it out of other enemies. Yeah, that's the dumb. part I didn't like. I, stupid. I, or your your magic was disposable and you couldn't use yep. it again. It's like... Dumb. It's like it's like a deck of cards. You know, if I learn how to throw a fireball, I should know how to throw a fireball. Yes. Yeah, yeah I can man at the, be mad at the pleated, but that's different than not knowing how to throw a fireball anymore. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but I, I know how to spend money, but I still have to draw that at the ATM. Boom. <laughs> but you only have to do it once. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's no, no, right. It's not infinite money. Anyway, um, well, just joking aside. You only have to do it once uh, to buy the game no, once. Yeah, look, I'll give you that. That's a good, that's a good analogy. Oh, I, I, it came to mind. I'm sorry. I, draw, I really like money out of an ATM day. sucks too. It should just, uh, I, I should just be able to, there, I have money. Uh, I actually really like Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, I've been looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to be honest to you guys. I'm not going to get it. Uh, September, nope, not happening. Uh, there's, there's way too much coming out. Maybe next year if there's nothing to play, if we go the way of the Wii U and have a year with nothing to play, then then uh, yeah. I've, I've got it. Final Fantasy VII and Nine sitting on my Switch that have never been launched. Yeah, I've just I've, I've just got out of Midgar on Seven, and then uh, we got bombarded with games. I have them here wow. and that didn't even buy them on the Switch. Switch Mini! <laughs> Confirmed! <laughs> Nintendo Switch Lite pre-release. Yeah, I've had this for five years. So for anybody who's just listening, Jesse pulled up a, a Vita. <laughs> Vita Island. Uh, also, uh, this week, trailer dropped uh, for Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, which I had zero interest in until this this happened new feature is that uh the, the new feature the big feature that was shown off in this trailer was that there will be uh, a multitude of events that can be run in 2d with 8-bit sprites that's right dr robotnik can suplex princess peach and have her have her sprite fly off the screen uh in this game yeah little correction because Marty said eight bit. The the beauty of this is the awkwardness because it's the original sprites from yeah. the original game. Yeah, the Sonic so characters are in sixteen Sonic bit with eight bit Mario characters. He said eight bit because I had that in the notes, but I I agree that that wasn't correct. But the, yeah, the that, that looked that did look awkward seeing eight bit Mario against the sixteen bit <laughs> Sonic. That's the beauty of it, though, is the awkwardness between the two graphical That's styles. So the the ones awful. that they showed off, the, the events that they showed off were uh, rowing, 
uh, the long jump, diving. <laughs> diving was the best. Yeah, yeah because was like the best. Yeah. Princess Peach jumps off the diving board and like in two two clicks turns upside like is right side up and then flips upside down and goes straight into the water. It's great. Uh, they showed wrestling and I guess like the hundred yard dash yeah. or something like that, or maybe a, it was some kind of race that Sonic won, which is dumb. Yeah, because everybody knows that Robotnik's the fastest character in the Sonic universe. Yes, that's right. Uh, but I also screenshots have since leaked <laughs> from this week, and this is totally awkward, of uh, a swimming event from the game that's in the 3D part, which uh, Dr. Robotnik and uh, Wario are shirtless. Oh, d- no. Delete. Burn me fire. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, the, these 8-bit ones are there for a reason. It's to celebrate the, I think it was the 60, 64, 66, something like that, Tokyo Olympics. So it's like paying homage to uh, an older Olympic Games, which obviously wouldn't have had a, a video game around. So they've used the classic sprites, which is still the 80s and 90s. But I love it. I, I love the fact that they haven't even changed the sprites. They haven't added any animations in. So if they didn't have an animation, like Princess Peach was basically cardboard. Back on the original uh, Mario, her running is just moving else. across the screen with yeah. no with no motion. They haven't added anything in. It's it's as it was, and I think it's it's so hideously beautiful that they're just using the original sprites but, and original animation. As, as soon as the trailer came out, <laughs> as soon as the trailer came out, I had to show it to my son because yeah. I knew that he would appreciate the hype levels because he loves the the, the Olympic game you know, the Olympic Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Uh, he had the last one on 3DS and we played it some. And uh, like, he was like, dad, we're getting this right. And I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. We're uh, gonna, yeah, definitely. Gonna play exclusively in uh in 2d mode. It launches November 5th for North America and November 8th for uh, everywhere else, uh, Europe and, and other regions, I believe. Also uh, legend of Zelda Link's awakening is now available for pre-purchase on the Nintendo eShop in all regions, it's 5.8 gigabytes in size. Uh, if you are in the uh, in the e- European region, if you pre-purchase, you will get your gold coins at the time of purchase, and then another set of coins at the time of release, which means double coins. Um, and when do we get them here, Jesse? See, when I don't. Do we I don't our coins? Well, I don't know if we we are doing double coins, but. You know, normally you get your coins at the time you pay for them. Yeah. If you're if you're buying with a voucher, you're not paying anything at that time, so you get no coins. Nothing. But you got your you got your coins at the time you got the voucher. But what we don't know is if in Europe, because I don't think here we have any double coin deals going on. I haven't heard of anything. But in Europe, if you pre-purchase with a voucher, do you still get the extra coins to double ish? Uh, I would say you probably you don't. I would say that you don't. Or is you know, the zero the, getting doubled? It's yeah, the zero is getting you divide zero by zero. You ever tried that? Uh, I love the way that this is basically like the nineteen nineties game shows where they're like when you lose and they're like, and this is what you could have won. Is the, the way that they do it, isn't it? Where like if you bought one of those vouchers, they're like, you have you have a good deal. You need to buy these vouchers, and then you buy them, and they're like, but you could have won this. Welcome to Nintendo eShop, and on tonight's episode, (laughs) 
Marty, you just lost out, and you could have won all of these. What was the old show where the points don't matter and everything's made up? <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. That yeah, was we weird. We have no deal <laughs> for, for Link's Awakening in the, in the States, which yeah, sucks. That- you guys get all the luck recently. You get all the special editions. You get the glow-in-the-dark Polterpup keychain for Luigi's Mansion in the box and Steelbook, and all. now you get coins. Yeah, it, we, we've talked about this before. It's, it's for years upon years of getting games that are three years later than you guys, so it's, they're just making it up to us, that's all. Plus, plus <laughs> in, in, uh, in the UK, uh, you need to be persuaded to buy Nintendo games by the look of it. So... Uh, that, that's why they did incentives. Uh, also announced this week, uh, so we can move on. Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three DLC is uh, coming September thirtieth. It is the uh, the very first uh, of those DLC packs, and it will feature the Marvel Knights. That's Blade, Moon Knight, Punisher, and Morbius characters coming to the game, as well as co op gauntlet missions. And uh, if you are playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three, don't forget that next Friday. Uh, which is August 30th, you're getting two free characters in the game as well. You're getting Cyclops and Colossus. Uh, so those are coming for free for all uh, owners of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Stop the podcast. When you say Blade, do you mean like the guy, the vampire killer guy? Yes. Really? That's Marvel? Yes. Yeah, that's Marvel. Oh. Yep. Wow. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole, uh, little subsection of of Marvel comics in the nineties and the late eighties and nineties where they divulged into a lot of like horror related themes and stuff. And so blade was there. Morbius was there. Uh, I think Punisher kind of crossed over to some of those. And yeah. They, they all made uh, re- uh, appearances in the nineties uh, Spider-Man animated show, which yes. is where probably most people know him from. So, if, so yeah, if I mean, comic readers. As somebody who's not into the whole Marvel thing, uh, that's that's surprising to me. I did not know that that, that was Marvel. Also announced this week that uh, due to the merger or the lack of between Disney and Sony, uh, they'll be issuing a patch for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 in the coming weeks that will remove Spider-Man from the game. <laughs> I, I believe this is a joke. <laughs> oh, it is a joke. <laughs> Just like Sony is a joke. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. And uh, let's talk about some rumors, shall we? Just a couple of rumors this week. The first one we want to hit very quickly. Uh, Folks, it has been reported with some grains of salt that the man, the myth, the legend, Justin Masson, will return to Nintendo Dads next week. Um, We'll believe it when we see it. Who's Mustin (laughs) Jasson? Must <laughs> new number. Who dis? Uh, yeah, he's he. I think he's gonna come back and remember that he is part of the podcast. Yeah, well, I hope Justin settled in well and uh, it'll be yes. nice to get him back. Yeah, yeah. So, like, full disclosure, right? For those of you who maybe haven't listened all the way up in the last few weeks, Justin has moved from Ireland back to Canada and has been, you know, making sure that everything's taken care of, loose ends are tied up, getting back yeah. in the swing of things. And so totally not throwing him under the bus for being on the show. We would all do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, making sure his family's taken care of. That comes first. That's the dad's part of Nintendo Dads, right? Uh, we're just, I know for me and for others, we're just anxious to have him back on the show. We're excited he's coming back. Uh, and that will be hopefully next week 
yeah. on August the 29th. And just to let any of you know, there'll be a number in the description to the podcast if you also have maple syrup withdrawal symptoms, uh, which is why Justin got strapped to a, to a portable bed and sent back to... Um, to Canada, so uh, if you Maple suffer from the, <laughs> so if you suffer from this, then please get in contact. <laughs> yeah, please don't wait. Call today. Please don't wait. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, uh, another rumor that we just want to hit on very briefly is, as of today, GameStop has added 14 plus Nintendo Switch SKUs to their system uh, that do not have descriptions. There are no names. There are no descriptions. No price points really. Uh, the placeholder release date of 12-31-2019 is attached to all of these. The last time that we saw this happen was when? E3. E3. And so the rumors and rumblings of a direct are on the horizon, and it could possibly be uh, that we get one here soon. Now, typically, I think we have gotten a September direct every year, uh, but with little official communication from Nintendo since E3 as far as general. I mean, generally we've had Pokemon, we've had smash, we've had indie, but we've not had like a general direct since E3. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's coming up on time. That, and I figured and, they would talk about like the, the one year anniversary of NSO and the, yes, the, 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 what we talked about last week, the rumored SNES games talk and talk about the, the SNES controller that we saw SEC uh, filings on. Yeah, uh, I expect that and and probably some more info on like what's going to be the game for December, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there's kind of a hole there toward the end of the year, even though really, I mean, how are we going to play everything we have, right? Uh, But it's there. And so uh, there rumors Uh, are out there, folks. Spoilers. Tim Tim says Tokyo Game Show is the week is uh, Wednesday, September 11th. So uh, ah. a direct just before that would make sense. Yes. It's a good good catch there. Uh, also, something I'm thinking about there and wanted to mention is the that there are leaks out there, possibly, if you want to chase those down. We're not going to talk about those here. Uh, but uh, one of the questions that we got this week, and I'm just going to kind of dive into this here because I think it's... Um, it's, it's kind of relevant. Um, Joel Putz asked us, any chance for a direct in September? And did you see Nintendo's mysterious tweet related to Super Mario and Sunshine? And Nintendo did indeed today tweet a picture of Mario dressed for the beach, talking about vacation, eating a watermelon, which if you will remember, were plentiful on the ground uh, in Super Mario Sunshine. And let me pull this up because, uh, interestingly enough, here, here's the tweet. It says this, even Mario needs a little summer vacation. No matter where your summer odyssey took you, we hope it was filled with sunshine. Hmm. And from there, they had some video from Gamescom this week where a watermelon and a pineapple were sitting on the table along with Mario. Are we thinking GameCube games? Are we thinking that maybe we're overthinking? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say. Oh, uh, that's Purple a given. Waluigi, Confirm, Smash, but I mean, right? like, they're talking about, I mean, they're talking about 
completely different games. Why would they, why would there be like, none of the games they're talking about involved a watermelon. So why would a watermelon be on the table? Yeah, but uh, doesn't Nintendo often pay homage to their old school games with tweets anyway? So I think this might be a thing that people are just looking way too into. Uh, I think I think what I'm trying to say is temper expectations because if you're reading too far into this and we don't get anything sunshine related, invoking invoking the great Nintendo dad sage of yore Zach Erickson. Yeah, high hopes. Low expectations. We need to Basically, get that other soundbite. I'm just, tr- I'm just trying okay. to avoid a Mother 3 situation where for five years straight, all we ever heard was Mother 3's coming, Mother 3's coming, and then it never did. <laughs> no, no, it did not. It did not, and it never will. I'm convinced at this point. Yeah, I'm convinced happening. too. Yeah. Uh, unless it's a total remake, taking out some of the things that would yeah. be offensive. Video game in gurus suggest DLC for Odyssey. That's also a thought. Although, why not at this point just make Odyssey two? Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's. T- I think DLC for Odyssey now is too little, too late. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. by the way, we wouldn't. I said we wouldn't talk about, it, but I'll just say it. That's the spoiler. That's the scuttlebutt out there on the waves of the internet that we're gonna get a teaser at the end of this one, much like Breath of the Wild two. That's Odyssey two. Yeah, I think that's a little too convenient. Well. We say you know, little, you know, too little, too late. But remember, uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf had DLC three years <laughs> later. I'm, I'm convinced they're working on Animal Crossing New Leaf DLC right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's taken so long to get a new one. Uh, those are our rumors. Let's discuss a couple of things. So since this is Nintendo Dads, uh, you know, we're not very want to talk about Xbox or PS4 or anything like that. But our friends over at the Xbox Drive podcast, which, by the way, you'll find no finer Xbox podcast than the Xbox Drive. If you're an Xbox fan, you should be going over there and listening to our good friends at the Xbox Drive. Uh, thank you for the 20 that you guys slipped us the other day. We, we really appreciate it. Um <laughs> No, seriously, they didn't pay us anything. Go listen to the podcast. It's fantastic. Uh, they had an interesting question. Here's the question. Let's, let's talk about this for a minute. With Cuphead on the Switch and knowing that Ori is coming, when these games get sequels, and you know they're going to get sequels, right? Cuphead, most definitely. Yeah, Ori, most or, likely. Ori, Ori's, you know, Ori's sequel has been announced already. They, they okay. announced that at E3. So... Are these going to be day and date with the Xbox version? I'm thinking Cuphead might. Ori, maybe not so much because you know we're just now getting the original Ori. So I think that they might some put some distance between that. But I think Cuphead has a, has a chance, a chance. I think that the important thing to watch in this story will be, do we get DLC day and date with, with Xbox? Yeah. Yeah. I think, that, I think, I think we will. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. If we do, right. then I would say that there's a good chance that Cuphead 2 launches. I, I honestly think there's a good chance that Cuphead 2 launches on all platforms simultaneously day and date, even PS4 or PS5, if that's what it is then. Well, I'm gonna... if it's on PS4, it's on PS5. But uh, yeah, I <laughs> I don't think it'll be I, PS5 limited. I, think... well, I guess what I'm saying is I don't expect Cuphead 2 until PS5 is already out. Okay. 
Because it's taken so long to get a DLC chapter. True. Yeah, we'll probably be you know in a, in a next year for that. I don't. I don't think we're going to get them day and date at all. I think that. Uh, I think Microsoft is incredibly clever now. <laughs> like I don't think they have been back in the past, but I think the Xbox division are really, really clever at the minute. I think they're probably the smartest of the uh, gaming companies. Um, I mean, put it this way: uh, Minecraft, uh, Cuphead. Super Lucky Tale and now Ori are the reason why I now own Xbox Game Pass for PC. And I think releasing them day and date would... It wouldn't damage Xbox, but it would take something away, which is the the important thing. Uh, it's not all about like wrecking the system, but I think it would take away that, that thing. And a lot of companies fight and thrive for uh timed exclusives and we've even seen nintendo using those words more like they did in this indie world thing where they're like this is a console timed exclusive which they use once where xbox uses it like 30 40 times in their presentations i'm trying to find out what and, game that was I, I it really was dungeons think, defenders that i talked about yeah and i really think that uh, xbox love the the exclusivities and the, the timed exclusivity i don't think they care about it being exclusive full stop but they like the timed exclusivity that you have to play there first. So that's the reason why I don't think that there will be day and day. I think DLC's got a good chance because you already own the game, so why not strangle every penny out of you guys? Um, but, yeah, and I mean, like I say, they're, they're, they're really clever about this stuff. And the same day that we've now got releases of Super Hot and um, my, what's it called, Miami, um, yeah, the name's escaping me. They're on Game Pass for free right now. So, um, I think that it's just well played from Xbox across the board. I think that doing day-in-day game releases is is something that they wouldn't do. Okay. okay. I can see it either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, you know what the tale is, is where's the money? Yeah. Right. Is it going to make money? Then they're going to do it. Is it not going to make money? Is it going to make more money? Is it going to make more money for them to be on Xbox exclusively for six months? Or is it going to make more money for them to be on Nintendo Switch and Xbox at the same time? I mean, put it this way. If if, the, if they did the Game Pass for Switch, which people were rumoring for a long time, which I really, really don't think is going to happen unless it was a streaming service. Um then yeah, yeah, by all means, it'll be day and date because that's they've got your money anyway. That's that's the whole point I'm I'm trying to make is right. Uh, yeah, yeah, if if they incorporate that in XCloud and you can play it on anything, then yeah, then you've already got it through their their systems. But well, as for purchasing, as for purchasing, no, I just can't see it. I, I can't I really can't see. It. I mean, we've got all these games late, right? Not a single one is day and date, and uh, it's not as if Xbox don't have exclusive indies that come out all the time. So yeah. It's a really good question. It is a really good question. I think, uh, I think you know, there's multiple ways you could think about it. But that's mine. I'm seeing it mainly from the Xbox business point of view, uh, rather than the fan base. But uh, I mean, as long as it comes to the system, at some point you're pleasing people, right? I mean, we we switch. We used to. Yes and no. It depends on the delay. If it's two years, then I think you might tick enough people off that they won't care anymore. But, you know, like, I think but, three, three to six months is probably reasonable. You're saying that. I brought Skyrim, Doom, and I'll probably buy The Witcher. 
Well, you can buy. So that... You can literally get Skyrim on your Alexa. So that's. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's the, that's the point I'm making. Like, I don't think the time thing is. I, I think that right. it doesn't really matter how much time passes if well, you didn't that, have a that's system. Different of, because uh, it, game. That's that's different because Skyrim didn't launch on other systems while the Switch was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the same Xbox note, uh, they ask us this: What do you make of Microsoft's statements? that was released this week about first-party games. Here's that statement. Uh, The past year has been an exciting time for us as we have more than doubled the internal creative teams making up Xbox Game Studios. As these new studios transitioned in, we were aware of some existing commitments to other platforms and will honor them. However, going forward, these new studios will focus on making games for our platforms. We have no plans to further expand our exclusive first-party games to other consoles. We will continue to believe we continue to believe deeply in cross-play and progression of games with the right flexibility for developers to ensure a fair and fun experience. Mm-hmm. So what's that mean? I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking this is being I mean, like it for means the larger no games. Halo. Yeah, so like larger games will be Xbox only. I think the the, the comment is specifically at uh double double fine because uh Psychonauts 2, even though Microsoft owns them now, that Psychonauts is still coming out on PlayStation because they previously promised it. But, you know, the next thing that they're working on will be Xbox exclusive. I think smaller projects that may make sense to be put to Switch, like like Cuphead, still might. But I think this is more focused on their bigger titles that that those will stay as Xbox exclusives. Yeah, like getting a new Halo to run on a Switch will be a nightmare, right? But uh, unless you just hire a panic button. But uh, other the, <laughs> the, the other indie games, they 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 they're quite easy, especially if they're made in something like Unity and Unreal, which we know has a good support with the Switch. So uh, I think that's pretty much. I think Jesse's got it hit the nail on the head with that one. I think it's. Uh, I mean, we're, we're not seeing a flood of Xbox games. It might feel like it because we've had like three, what three, four? Is it now? Uh, with Minecraft, Minecraft, Super Lucky Sale, Cuphead, and Ori. Uh, it's look, this fails in comparison to the sheer number of exclusives that they have. Right, we're taking a tiny fraction of it, and in return, you're seeing Xbox achievements popping up on your screen all the time and and stuff like that. So they're getting a lot of advertising back from and it as well. And then going right? back to what we said like five minutes ago, if they do have Xbox Live and and X Cloud playable on Switch, then you'll be able to play all these on your Switch anyway, as long as you yeah. are in a streaming environment. And don't get me wrong, like, that would be the best thing that could happen, in my opinion. Because uh, that that fills that void of games that we've been missing, uh, namely shooters, um, to to open up the switch to even more games. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an. It, I think that it's this is their way of saying like, don't expect everything to come out. You know, we gave you some stuff, just just don't expect too much. Right. Yeah, don't expect Halo. Stop talking about yeah. it. Stop asking. Yeah. Right. Master Chief's not going to be smashed. That's why I, <laughs> I, that's why I thought the statement is more for games coming yeah. to PlayStation as opposed to going to the Switch. You know, right? Nothing new will ever come out on PlayStation from Microsoft. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those things at the moment, isn't it, where Xbox and Microsoft are buying game studios left, right, and center that have already promised things. So it's got there's got to be some clarification that, like, you know, if it's coming out, it's already coming out, and that's yeah. it. And they said this exact statement at E3 when they announced that Microsoft bought Double Fine. So this yeah. really isn't anything new. It's just maybe not everyone got heard the message because it was spoken as part of a side interview, not part of the main floor. Yeah. Yep. Uh, guys, let's talk about some events. Yeah, the Pokemon All right, guys. Go Twitter account just went nuts for like an hour, just spamming a whole bunch of news coming up in September. Yeah, so uh, Pokemon Go is uh, going to be pretty big uh, starting September 2nd. Uh, well, actually, right now, Jirachi is available for all trainers uh, via special research. And starting September 2nd, unknown, uh, ALRT and U will be available from 10-kilometer eggs. Raikou, Suicune, and Entai are returning to raids. And you can get some shinies, Centret and Gilgar or Gligar out Gligar. in the wild. Gligar, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, on this episode of Pokemon Dads, uh, do you know we got accused of talking too much about Pokemon? Well, uh, the week we had a bunch of Pokemon news, so because yes. that's what happened that week, right? Okay, <laughs> uh, starting September 9th, uh, regional Pokemon like Mr. Mime will be available from seven kilometer eggs, with some having the chance to be shiny, and all Deoxys forms will uh, appear in raids. Pokemon that can counter Deoxys will also be available in raids. Then September 16th, Pokemon originally discovered in the Unova region will start appearing in the wild. Mewtwo with the special move Strike will appear in raids with a chance to be shiny. And you'll also get a chance to get shiny Lillipup and shiny Patrat in, out in the wild. Did I say those right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Nobody cares. Uh, yeah, yeah, the people in my rating group are excited for a shiny Mewtwo. All right. So, hey, look. It's out there. More right? so than the Gen 5 game Pokemon. Also, community day dates throughout the end of the year, so you can participate in these all Saturdays except for December. Saturday, October the 12th. Saturday, November the 16th. Saturday, December 15th. And Sunday, or I'm sorry, Saturday, December 14th. And Sunday, December 15th. These are all 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. local time. And the featured Pokemon for each day will be released at a later date, presuming that Gen 5 starts will be in the mix, possibly. Also, if you don't like Pokemon and you like Tetris, Tetris 99's sixth Maximus Cup is going on right now as no. you hear this episode. Um, not live, but it'll st- not starts, live. starts in about two if, hours. If you were listening to this on your podcast device, then it's live. Audio, then, then it's active. Then now. it's going on right now. Right. Uh, it is themed. Fire Emblem Three Houses themed, and you can get a Three Houses theme for each uh, of, of you who reach 100 points. You can get that theme. It's going to be interesting to see what that is. You know, the, the time frame between uh, themes decreased because, like, between Game Boy and Splatoon, there was quite a big gap. And now there's the, been Splatoon 2 and the Fire Emblem. The third versus the fifth, and then now we just keep jumping right to the sixth. Yeah. Yeah, um, I like the uh, like I like the themes, but if I'm honest, I wish that they would do like retro Tetris game themes, mm. like they did with the Game Boy, and not do promotional things with their games. Like yeah. I get it, I know why they're doing it, 
But y'all, Fire Emblem Three Houses is selling like freaking hotcakes. You don't need a theme for it. Also, if you're if you're in the, it's not in that notes here. But if you're in the UK and you miss Gamescom, uh, then uh, head over to Birmingham NEC this weekend for Insomnia '65, I believe it is. Uh, with Nintendo showing up there with a whole bunch of games, like such as uh, Pokemon. Apparently, Pokemon's there. It didn't turn up at Gamescom, but apparently, it's in Birmingham. And a few other games that aren't released till the end of the year. And uh, an appearance on the Switch Lite is there as well. So that's this weekend at uh, NEC Birmingham. Awesome. So lots of uh, lots of gaming out there to be had even this weekend. How about we uh, talk a little bit about what we've been playing, shall we? Awesome. So, uh, Gary, what you been playing? Well, I've been slightly addicted to Fortnite. Um, a game which, uh, when it came to the Switch, I didn't see the fuss with. Uh, played a couple of matches. Was like, yeah, it's all right. Uh, the kids love it. I think it's because of dance moves. Uh, yeah, I've I've gone entirely insane on it. Um, I can't get off it. It's quite bad. <laughs> uh, installed it on the PC. Uninstalled it on the PC and carried on playing it back on the Switch. Um, yeah, something about since I've added motion controls onto it, which I really like. Um, I'm quite a fan of motion controls for fire naming, and uh, you've got the option to do that now, to turn it off for everything except for fire naming. And uh, it's changed the game for me, if I'm being honest. Uh, now, this season that's on is probably the worst season <laughs> that, uh, that's been on it, in my opinion. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, I've just, I just got addicted to it, and I don't really... I don't really fully know why, but uh, you know, being able to play a game cross-platform with chat, integrated chat, is just is just the best. Uh, other than that, I've been slowly, slowly playing Fire Emblem as I do. I don't ever rush these games, um, especially turn-based games. I try to take my time with them. Uh, I know we'll we will get back to doing another special episode on Fire Emblem. Uh, the, now, at the moment, as it stands, it's it's not the greatest Fire Emblem, in my opinion. Uh, I, I am enjoying it, uh, although there's a few things which I'm really not enjoying, which other people are. Uh, we'll talk about it in more detail in another dedicated podcast, like I say. But uh, for me, I don't really like the overworld and walking around the school and the monastery and stuff like that. Uh, I know a lot of other people do. I find it really awkward. Uh, and uh, full of too much filler, but the battling on it is really good. The battle scenes are really, really good. They're just a bit too far, few and in between. Uh, but uh, they've gone more in depth in the battling and got rid of the weapon triangle, which is uh, good and bad. But uh, for the for the majority of it, some of the mechanics I've been able to skip back a couple of turns if you lost a character and stuff. Uh, stops you doing that hard reset and booting up your game if you've got permadeath on like I have. Uh, and yeah, some of the little changes are really good. I do think that this game is too heavy on the complicated side for stuff that you can do and add and stuff. Um, but uh, for the main gameplay, it's, it's absolutely solid. You can't really beat it. And other than that, I think I played something else, but for the life of me, I cannot remember what it is. Oh, I've been playing Minecraft, that's it. I've still been playing Minecraft. Um, 
I'm on a realm with a whole bunch of people. Uh, I went away this weekend to Blackpool and carried on the realm on mobile, which, again, is another thing that we never thought we'd see right, where you could cross-platform play on a realm, on a private server with lots of people. You can leave your console of choice, which in my case is the Switch, and jump onto a mobile phone and carry on exactly where you left off. It's just it, what a what a time to be into cross platform gaming, right? And, and Minecraft is is experiencing somewhat of a resurgence. Oh yeah, it's, totally it's... PewDiePie's fault. <laughs> completely PewDiePie's fault. Uh, but yeah, it's it's growing popularity. I mean, the game is completely different to uh, when it started on the Switch. It's a different version for a start. But like the the way that the landscape is and. What you bump into, what you see, the enemies you run into is is a completely different experience. So look, if you got the original Minecraft when the Switch was released and you've got the Minecraft Switch edition, do yourselves a favor, reload it back up, get some friends to play along as well, whether they're on Xbox, PC, mobile, whatever it may be, and check it out. Because if you don't just dig and you explore, then there's so much there to see. Now it's it's completely different. So, uh, have you guys got Minecraft at all? I do. Uh, my son has it. I have it. And so, uh, I'm not... Well, now that I think about it, I'm not sure that I upgraded to the new Bedrock version. Yeah. You know, that, that you had to buy again. So... Oh, no, it's free. It again? No, it's free. It's free. Then yeah. I'm, I'm never... I've definitely never upgraded. <laughs> yeah. my, uh, my youngest daughter has it on Switch, and... I think my, my other two, my, my son has only played the Java version, so he, he I don't think he's played the Switch version, and I've never played it at all. Yeah, it, it's addicting, Jesse. Uh, you, you might need rehab if you start playing it. I have Just my own walk. problems. I don't need more. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Jesse, what have you been playing? All right, so last week I mentioned uh, started PC Building Simulator. I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, someone asked me if I was having fun with it, and my answer was, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't not having fun, but it wasn't very fun either. It was just kind of, it was, kind of, it was almost a little bit like work for a while. But it, it, the way my brain works, I had the same satisfaction of finishing tasks as I do solving a Picross puzzle. So it's, it's just a, go through a method of doing, you know, list of steps to get from point A to point B and you're done and then go to the next one. So I was kind of going through the, the, the motions on there. I think I got like 10 or 12 hours in. I almost got to level nine. I got to the point where the game wanted me to start building systems with two video cards and I couldn't figure out how to build a machine that wasn't blue screening on me. And there's like no really tutorial on that aspect of building. There's no hint system for it. So the only thing I could do at that point is, you know, like look at other people's guides and see what other people suggest. But at that point I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm out. I'm not interested anymore. And I don't want to put in work to play a game that feels like work. That's... So is it is it is it actually quite accurate to really building a PC? Then that is the question. It's 
it's a simplified version, but yeah, it's, you know, if you want to replace a motherboard, you have to take off the heatsink, the processor, all the RAM, video card, all the screws. Some, some motherboards have six, some have nine. And, and then unplug all the power connections and then put everything back in again when you're done. So mm. it, it does help you easily identify what needs to be plugged in. So it's it, that does help, but yeah, you have to manipulate every single wire separately. Unless you later on in the game, when you have enough money, you can buy auto cablings and or fast screws, so you can just click a screw and it's off. First, or later on, you can click. I can just click the the video card and any related screw is automatically taken off as well. I never got that far. So for every screw, I had to click and hold the A button for like three seconds per screw. And, you know, again, some parts had eight to 12 screws involved for a single Good. part. This might surprise you, but I'm actually, I, I, I was interested in this as well. And it, it's something that some people made a joke about online. Uh, but the simulation scene, you know, there's a lot of people into it. And I, I quite like simulation games. Uh, so I've, I've took a bit of interest in this as well, yeah. especially being as I have no idea how to build a PC. I, I think that's I, part I, of I the think reason. it's worth checking out then if, uh, just cause there is, there is a career mode and then there is a free form mode where you can just mm-hmm. take parts and put it together and see what happens type of thing. Yeah. I, I haven't played the, the free form mode, so I can't speak to it as much. I just focus right on the career mode, but still I got like, 10 to 12 hours in, which is more than I thought I would for a game like that. <laughs> okay, next I, I I picked up the Grande HD collection and tried playing the first game so far and haven't gotten far. And I think we're, we're at the point where I stopped playing, I may have to either go get go to a, a walkthrough to figure out what I'm supposed to do again or to start over because I only got like three or four hours in. Because I already forgot what, what my next goal was when I stopped playing, but it, it's it's. I was hoping that they would do more than just turn all the sprites into HD. I was hoping they and this reminds me a lot when I play, tried playing Final Fantasy Tactics. That game literally made me nauseous watching it. It, it has a three D rotating environment with two D sprites jumping around. I think it was two D. Anyway, but anyway, the whole environment could rotate, and it wasn't a wide. It wasn't like in Breath of the Wild where you rotate your environment and see everything. It the areas is a, a small. It's like a smaller box. Like think Captain Toad, but that rotating around at fifteen frames a second, I did not feel well looking at that. So this is a. Similar, it, it's it, it does rotate better, but it's still a 3D environment rotating around with 2D sprites. All the characters are 2D sprites, and it's just jarring to look at from uh, once at first. But once you're used to it, it's it's fine. And uh, I hope to, I'm, I do want to get back to it because I heard it's a good game. Though the, the very the very beginning of the game, I got confused already. Uh, I, I wasted 20 minutes running around town looking for something that didn't exist. And then <laughs> kind of, re, re, the start of it reminded me of how Majora's Mask started, where you had to run around with the kids and do stupid stuff before the game got good. 
but so I'm hoping I'll try that again at some point. And then last game I, that I picked up, I just came out today. I think it was five dollars. It's called Everdark Tower. It kind of plugs itself as being a short, sweet RPG game. And when I, when I think of a short RPG, I'm still I'm th- still thinking like fifteen to twenty five hours. But no, two and a half hours. I was done. I played it through, yeah. front to back before show started today. And then it actually started the new game plus where you keep your gold, your level and, and your base stats, but you, you don't, you don't, you just lose your gear. And, and the problem, I probably would have had a better an easier time, but I, I didn't upgrade my gear as fast as I should. I didn't really start upgrading gear until chapter four. There are only five chapters. Uh, Cause, cause I had, but cause the, the, trying to think of how to say this. So one of the first things I noticed in the battle system is it, it says you can spend a star to guarantee a critical hit. Well, I didn't have any stars yet, so I didn't obviously didn't choose it. I won the battle, got XP and gold, and then I got another option, spend a star to get double the XP and gold. I'm like, is this game going to microtransaction me? So I actually looked at the eShop and looked around to see if those microtransactions, there are not. So I found out stars are items you do gain just by walking around or as you reach certain cutscenes, you'll just gain stars. And, And there are some battles that I think you have to spend the stars to to get the benefits from, but definitely you don't have to do it on every battle. I think I only had to use it three or four times after I dying to just get full health again and continue. But normally I would just do a restart. I can re- have the choice of spending a star to do that, re- restarting from the start of the battle, or just going to the, the title screen, which brings you back to the last save state, which is generally... 30 seconds or less from the, where that fight is. So it, it, so it's, it's relative. There are some challenges like there was, there was one, one monster that my attacks did very little damage, but he was weak to status effects. So if I burned him, that's where I, the damage got done or so. And then, so there, it, there was there is some strategy on some of the bosses. It isn't just a cakewalk. Uh, I think I had to reset that one three or four times before I got it. I found the solution, and then the, after that, the next box was the opposite. If I gave it a status effect, it reflected back to me. So I had to do everything in my power to not give a status effect, which was a completely three one eighty way of thinking. So it, I, I would say. You know, I, I enjoyed my play of it, and I plan on playing it through the second time. It, with the, it probably should only take me an hour and a half, I think, the second time through, because I'm able to skip a lot of the cutscenes. Yeah, I was going to say, you could probably just do that on the toilet tomorrow, right? <laughs> probably. I yeah, mean, that's so, what the Switch is for. So, so if, if, if you want a quick, straightforward RPG, they give this one a look for f- five bucks. Yeah. 
Uh, so I've been playing Dragon Quest XI uh, S demo, which I kind of alluded to earlier in the show. Uh, going in and not expecting to like this game at all, didn't really have any hype for it. What got me, and and I guess this is Nintendo's evil plan, right, is that I really enjoy the playing as the hero in Smash. And the more that I have played as as hero, the more uh, my interest has kind of been peaked for this game. So I thought with a demo <laughs> and with nothing to lose because it's free, right? Why not try it? Other than time. And right, right. So I'm about two hours into it now and actually had to force myself to quit playing to come here to, to record. <laughs> uh, so I was like, it. my wife was like, it's like 15 till babe. Don't you need to go? And I was like, Oh crap. Yeah. I, I got lost in it. Um, so I'm not entirely convinced yet, but I will say that my, my feeling on it is more favorable now. Uh, like I actually am entertaining the idea of buying the game. However, I probably won't be buying it in 2019. It'll probably be a game that I am going to wait on to see what's coming out in December and January and everything. And if it's light or there's something there that I'm not really into, then I might pick it up then as it stands right now. Uh, so I, I feel like it's a pretty good port of, of the game. I've not ever played it on PS4. I know that it'll probably be a little more vibrant, a little more, you know, crisp there, but it seemed to run fairly well. Um, the, the, the openness of the world and everything like, I was always really cool. Like how, when you're in a battle, like what's in the background as you're moving through the map is actually in the background as you battle. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, even though the battles are turn-based, you can move around. Like it draws a circle around you and the enemy. You can't really miss any attacks that way, so I really don't know why they included it. Um, the, but later on in the game, you know, this is just me speculating. I have no idea if this is right or not. The, the might have like combo attacks. So if you are nearby someone you you know you know a combo with, you can yeah, that's that's but very if you're a distance I don't away. Have anybody like else, Chrono, right? Chrono Trigger did something similar. Now early on in the game you do get to fight with a dog by your side and he is a very good boy. And I, <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. I, I really like it. Just, I mean, it's, it's vibrant. The, the voiceovers are well done. The voiceovers are not as well done as, as fire emblem. Everybody has, uh, Australian accents for some reason. Well, depend when you get into different regions, they generally will have different accents. Well, some of these are very bad. Australian Most accents. of them are bad. They're very overdone. That, that, that's kind Crikey. of a... The, that, the, the girl that you... That's like, a serious like, trope. There's a girl that's kind of like your companion in the beginning, and she is nigh on unlistenable to. It's pretty bad. So I would recommend... You could choose Japanese or English uh, voice acting. I would recommend you go with the Japanese and just read the subtitles. It'll be fine. Um, but so far, it's been pretty easy to understand... And and get into and it like I'm in the first I've gotten out of the major uh, town, like the first one you start in and gotten to the first like major story beat. And so I 
I don't know. I'll, I'll finish the demo probably to keep me from playing Fire Emblem that I'm supposed to be playing. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's, I can add that to my list. I've not played Fire Emblem this week. I've not even touched it. Uh, but I've played a crap ton of Mario Maker and Mega Man Legacy Collection and uh, also played, uh, downloaded, and have been playing Rad. And uh, I wanted to mention this because one of our patrons uh, asked about this. Uh, Ebusel asked, I've been trying to decide if I should get Rad on Switch. It looks like a pretty decent roguelike. Uh, and uh, what what would you say? And so I would say this. Um, if you like Double Fine games, like as far as like Psychonauts and the kind of their sense of humor and different things like that, I think you're going to like Rad. Uh, to me, it's a different take on on uh, roguelikes. The, the kind of its angle is that the more you explore and engage in combat, you your mutation level goes up and you get these random mutations that affect your body. Like I was telling the guys the other day, uh, I could shoot mind bullets. I could rip my arm off and throw it like a boomerang. And I had uh, like really muscly legs. It made me move really fast, and I and then I and then I ended up getting bat wings too, that allowed me to use one of the shoulder buttons to do a really high jump and glide. Nice. Uh, and so your your main character, there's like what I really like about it is that there's there's main characters that you can pick from in the beginning. There's like three uh, of those, and there's not really anything different as far as between them as far as just cosmetics but others you will unlock as you play and you do unlock new things as you play. So like, unlike some roguelikes where you just die and that's it, uh, you do unlock some permanent things in this game, like permanent abilities you can, um, or permanent like things you can find in the worlds, permanent characters that you can keep. Um, but it's all wrapped up in this really nice. And I love the way they say this post post post, apocalyptic uh 80s inspired neon package uh and the story of the game is that humanity went through the apocalypse and survived and so they nuked themselves again of course because <laughs> and so now you're like because people trying don't to make learn it, the lessons you're trying to make it through this place called the fallow which is where your levels are and you're trying to make it to the ancients at the end and figure out the, because like in, in the city that you live in or in the, the area you live in, like the machines that help your crops and life support and things like that are all failing. And you're, you're sent out into the fallow to find answers. So you, you go out there and you have a bat and yourself. It's like a robot bat, but you, you can, you know, you go out, you collect, the currency is floppy disks and cassette tapes. Wow. Going and, uh, yeah. And uh, it just has a lot of weird eighties, like uh, synth and stuff going on. It's uh, rad is a, it's pretty rad. It's good. I think the price is a little steep. It's, it's 20 bucks. And uh, there's parts of it that just look like absolute garbage on, even on the, switch like when it's docked particularly um characters in handheld mode which is where i played it primarily are, are really grainy but the sounds great the voiceovers are great the action is is, is fantastic it doesn't ever stutter or stop or 
slow down even with lots of enemies on the screen. So I think some graphically some sacrifices have been made to make that happen. But overall, it's a pretty fun package. And so if you're looking for a new roguelike, I would recommend you try Red. Um, not a lot of reviews on it out right now. We may do a Let's Play this week on our channel uh, if I've got some time uh, to show you what it's like. But that's what I've been playing Okay. I, I, this week. One thing I forgot is I, I put more time into Dragon Quest Heroes on the PS4. And I'm up to like 14 hours now, so I'm well past where I stopped when I played this back in 2015. And just like the Hyrule Warriors, where you get multiple characters from various games all in your party to help out. Same thing happens here. But different. You, n you never play as protagonists, but you play as support other supporting characters from other games. So like Jessica and Yankis from 8, uh, Bianca and Nira from f 4 or 5. And so they're... they're yeah, I think they're from five. There was a, a group of people from four as well. I don't remember their names, but you know. So when you, when you said horrible accents, that reminded me. Oh yeah, and each group, each person has their own unique awful accent. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be a, a serious thing. So that's what we've been playing. Hey guys, let's get into our community spotlight real quick. All right, so a ton of questions over on our uh, Patreon as well as Twitter. And so let's hit up a few of these. Uh, Joel Putz uh, over on Patreon says, how, Hey guys, how are you liking Fire Emblem? I think we've already uh, pretty much covered that. Uh, but he says this, the demo for Dragon Quest came out, and it's my first one. I have to say I'm absolutely loving my time with it. I'm glad I waited. And wondering if you picked it up on PS4 or did you hold out for Switch version? Jesse, that's a softball question for you. So yeah, I, I missed a question. I was typing in chat, so I missed That's cool. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. did you pick it up on PS4 or did you wait? I waited. I actually, awesome. I was almost ready to rent it one weekend when I was bored, but uh, the place where I rented games from at the time didn't have that game, but they had like four other different Dragon Quest games for PS4 that I wasn't. It is uh, from from Jesse's perspective. I think this has been a long, excruciating wait yes. for Dragon Quest XI that is finally about to come to fruition. So yeah. uh, September twenty seventh can't get here soon enough. And and look, you'll already have ten or so hours in on the demo, right? Yep. So you'll 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 be ready to go once the game's here. You'll just pop it in and continue on. Um, Ebusel asks us this. So since Gamescom is going on right now, have you seen any of the fo video footage from Nintendo and did it get, a, get you hyped more or less for the games that they are showing? Gary, what about you? Did you watch anything out of Gamescom? Pretty much everything that they showed was, was E3 stuff. So, um, not really increased hype, but it's nice hearing some people have actually got hands on from this end. Uh, you know, people actually know. So, uh, so, um, yeah, yeah. I suppose it's got me more hope for a couple of games. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's some folks from the Nintendo Village that were at Gamescom, 
And they've got some footage up and previews. I saw that they had some up for Zelda, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, what was the other game that just went up earlier? Uh, the Witcher and uh, uh, Phil reckons the game of the show was Luigi's Mansion Three. Wow! Nintendo, so I'm so excited. Like that game is not getting enough hype prior to release yet, yeah. and it needs to. Um, I know we've got Astral Chain and, and Damon X Machina between here and there, but man, I like Luigi's Mansion is the game of the fall for me. Like I'm, I cannot tell you how excited i am and it and the fact that like every time i see it it just looks better and better yeah like they put so much care and polish into it it it's gonna be it's gonna be insane um hot rodimus 83 says greetings dads whilst applying apparatus to mario maker what is your predilection predilection of style as always let me express my transitory laudatory approbation do we need Google Translate for that? What? <laughs> uh, I think he's asking, what is our favorite style in Mario, Ma- Mario Maker? Uh, I don't have preference. I like them all for their own respective rights. Like, uh, if you get a classic Mario level, you know, you're going to get some tight platforming. If you get uh, a, a Mario World one, you know, you're going to have to throw a few items about. Uh, they've all got the strengths and weaknesses, and I think uh, I think that every style is perfectly suited in that game. I, like I'm going to go out on a limb here and say right now, like now, okay, that like I have a tie between two favorite styles, uh, and it's not Super Mario Brothers. Like I've played a ton of levels in Super Mario Brothers style, and Mar- it and Mario Three seem to dominate what's online right now. Um, I really love Mario World levels and mario 3d world levels there are not enough good mario 3d world levels and and to be honest with you i think i know why it's that nobody knows what to do with it yeah yeah like nobody knows how to like other than let's make a cool car level let's make a level with tons of clear pipes that take you all over the place nobody knows what to do with with mario 3d world levels you see so few of them um I actually played a 3D, I mean, a 3D world, um, uh, like runner level earlier tonight that was so chaotically brilliant that it was really cool. But I would love to see more 3D world styles. And so if you're out there and you have a great 3D world level, or even if you think it's great and maybe it's not, uh, that, that sounded rude. Uh, just if you've got 3D world levels, or you've got Mario World levels, hit us at Nintendo Dads up on Twitter, and uh, I would love to play those levels. I, I I would be stoked to play those levels. And I'm hoping that when this new Direct comes out or whatever, that we get our first Mario Maker DLC and we finally get to make some Mario 2 levels. Come on, Nintendo, you cowards! Do it! <laughs> anyway. Uh, Bruce Patterson just dropped in to say he can't wait for Link's Awakening. Neither can I. I cannot wait for that game. It'll tide me over till Luigi's Mansion comes out. Yeah, you'll finish it in a day. Link's Awakening is really short. I don't think you. Well, you must base, think I have way more gaming time than than, than I do. I think the base game is is short, but I think with the 
the extra dungeons where you build your own dungeon out of the pre-existing floor plan pieces. I think that'll add a little a little extra life to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I, man, I'm super excited. Like, I love that game so much. Um, I played through it last year in the winter, not knowing that this game was coming. Um, oh. I played through it and actually and hundred percented it and um, hundred percented uh, link to the past too, just because oh. I wanted to. Because I'd never done it, um, but I found a guide and it was uh, like my my problem was I never found all of the heart container pieces. That was all that was left. So I went. I don't think and, I've ever. The only game I've ever gotten all the heart containers in were like, Breath of the Wild and. Uh, Oh crap! No, I don't remember what the, I'm thinking of. Oh, uh, link, link between worlds. Yeah, I didn't 100 percent either of those. <laughs> Breath of the Wild. I, I paid for and downloaded both uh, DLCs, and have done the very first part of the three-part Master Sword trials, and I was like, yeah, then <laughs> I beat it. Ganon's dead. Who cares? Uh, I really want that motorcycle, but anyway. Uh, a couple of questions over on Twitter. Uh, John Blanco asked us this. It's a Blanc. He says, and Nintendo dads call me sophomoric, but I've quibbled with myself deciding between playing Friday the 13th or Dead by Daylight. Daylight is regarded, quotes, regarded as the better game, but the idea of Jason stalking me uh, offers a serrated fear that'd make me cower. Which should I play? Um... Gary, right, right here. I know you got to hop off, but uh, right before you go, what do you think? Dead by Daylight or uh, Friday the Thirteenth? No idea. <laughs> never, never seen anything <laughs> of both Gary, of those. I don't care. I'm, I'm so sorry. I haven't. I haven't actually haven't seen any any of that. They're not my sort of thing. I, I honestly, are the wrong person to yeah. ask completely. No, that's fine. Gary, we'll uh, see. Thanks for being on the show again this week. Yeah, man. yeah. Uh, I'll go. I've got to quickly get ready for work. Catch you guys in a bit, and thanks for listening, everyone. See ya. Bye. Um. Jesse, I like I don't know that we have an opinion on this. No, I don't. Uh, those, I, those, aren't, like, those aren't my games me, either. For me, like I've never played either of those. Uh, from what I've seen of Dead by Daylight on uh, the the directs, it looks like a bargain bin PS2 title. Um, and Friday the Thirteenth, I know, like the whole concept to me of that strikes me as very interesting i've like i've been been very interested in the switch version but i don't know that i can play it without peeing my pants tim is saying um, both so so if we get both like, we got neither so yeah that so doesn't help we're, we're, i i'm going friday the 13th i'm going friday the 13th just because it doesn't look like a steaming pile of garbage but that's me uh, I'm sorry if that did not help you. Um, if anybody can help at Zablanc, that's Z-A-B-L-A-N-C, tweet him and tell him which one he should buy. Dead by Daylight or Friday the 13th. Mecha Dragon uh, is back and he asks us this question. How different would the gaming industry be if the Wii U was actually a success? Would we have had the Nintendo Switch or would we all still be gaming on our Wii U tablets? I think we'd had the Switch by now. It's just we probably wouldn't have gotten it until more like mid to end of last year. 
I think we would have, I think we'll have seen it by now, but we wouldn't have it. Cause uh, the, because you're still, you're still getting games right now that were planned for Wii U that, that like Luigi's mansion, Luigi's mansion three was planned for Wii U. It's probably the last one, but true. They had, they had a couple of years planned out. Yeah. Cause I think, cause most Nintendo console life cycles are five years. The, the, the NES was, I think, six or seven years, and then the Wii was six years. But other than that, everything's been five, except, except for, and Wii U being the short one. So even if even if Wii U had six year life cycle, that would put the Switch's re- re- releasing holiday last year. Yeah, um, I would have loved for the Wii U to be more successful, but uh, in a way, now that I'm on the other side of it, I can honestly say I'm glad that it wasn't because it got us to where we are. And Nintendo is doing as well as it is. We, so we wouldn't have had Breath of the Wild on the Switch. It would have been a Wii U exclusive. We wouldn't have had Mario Odyssey on the Switch. We wouldn't have a lot of things on the Switch. So we're in a good place. And you know, nostalgia, you always look back with rose colored lenses, but um Wii U, I you know, I've got mine here in my office. I booted up for virtual console. That's about it. I'm not going to finish any of the games on it that like paper Mario color splash. I'm just going to watch a video, not getting finished. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was my last game. Um, I, last I think question. that was my last game too. And I didn't get far in it. Yeah. I got, I'm, I'm probably was about 75% through and oh, just, I didn't, I didn't get Pat didn't get the second star. Uh, our last question tonight comes from Nick Metzger, and he asks this. There's a fervid following for Astral Chain. Do you think this is dubious for Damon X Machina? Will it flop? Don't mean to quibble. Why is that word popping up so much, by the way? How do that? Where, where, don't mean to quibble, but the Damon X Machina team must be fidgety. Uh, and for those of you who, who don't know, Astral Chain releases... Next Friday, the the uh, the 30th, and I believe Damon X Machina is uh, September 13th. I'm yeah. Looking. September 13th. 13th. So, so two weeks, two yeah, weeks difference. Like two weeks later. Uh, two brand new IPs, two brand new Nintendo supported IP. Um, what do you think, Jess? Uh, I think they may have. Uh, reason to be a little worried, especially since we knew about Damon X Max in a last year's E3, and we're finally, and it's finally, we're finally getting it. And but yeah, I think both looks like they have the chance of being good. It's but I, being two weeks apart, I think they also have the chance of stepping on each other's toes. Yeah, I think this is uh, this is Splatoon two in arms all over again. That's that's what I was going to say. Yeah, this is exactly Splatoon two in arms all over again. Uh, if I were Nintendo, if we ran Nintendo, uh, I would push Damon X Machina back to October or later. At this point, it's got some bugs. It's got some glitches. Seriously, that as your December game. Uh, yeah. Yeah, honestly, uh, because I think right now it, it would want to be out of the way for Luigi. It would want to be out of the way for Pokemon. For, you know, here's <laughs> the funny thing about it is 
for a game that when it debuted, people were like, holy crap, that looks awesome. Like from that first trailer, right? And then Astral Chain's first trailer, people were like, what in the world is that? That looks weird, right? Uh, it's completely flip-flopped. Now for Astral Chain, it's like, man, I can't wait for this game to come out. It looks amazing. They've done a great job of having all these dev details up into time, you know, dev diaries and things leading up to Astral Chain. Been a kind of viral organic marketing campaign. It looks phenomenal. Damon X Machina just kind of looks stale at this point to me. And I mean, I'm sure the audience is out there for it. But part of the problem with Damon X Machina, too, is that they put that test fire out there, you know, or whatever it was, and it didn't test well. Right. So that, that I, I heard that they did improve over what the feedback, but I think a lot of people take that feed, take what they learned and said, okay, scratch it. I mean, you know, as well as I do, I love giant fighting robots as much as anybody else. You know, like I'm, I'm all into that, but like I played that test fire and it was boring. It was boring and it was overly complicated and it did not feel fun. And, and so like that totally killed, it's, it's kind of like the opposite of Dragon Quest. Like Dragon Quest has now piqued my interest in the series. The test fire for Damon X Machina killed, killed my, my fire for it. And so do I think that both of those should have had, um, a demo? Yes, I do. I think Astral Chain and Damon X Machina absolutely both should have a or demo. Maybe Damon X Machina should have been out first. Yeah. To give it a yeah, chance maybe. to cook with before Astral Chain. Uh, that, yeah. Oh well we'll see how this we'll, like, see, what, we'll it, see what the numbers look like back in, in I, March. I, look, I will uh, I will be surprised if Damon X Machina breaks a million. So will I. I think Astral Chain has a ch good chance to do so. Astral Chain has a good chance to break a million yeah. based on the fact it's being made by Platinum. Yeah, DXM, uh, I think it will probably struggle to get to half a million. Oh, but, yeah. I don't know. Arms sold a million, but that was back when the Wii U didn't, or the Wii U. That was back when the Switch <laughs> didn't have games. You know, like, right. not like today. Like, it, it didn't have, like, the flood of games. It just had, it was like, oh, man, a new game's out. Let's buy arms. Right. And we didn't know what we, it was. We didn't you know, we have was, 25 games coming out a week. Right. Yeah. We were so excited just to get a new game. And so arms sold a million. And it, I mean, it's, it has, it literally has shuffled off into a corner somewhere to die. Um, Tim, Tim has, uh, gave us information from switch, uh, the, the app switch list. There are where people can state that, this game is on my wish list, or I've already pre-ordered this game. Um, so, see, Astral Chain is ahead of Damon X Machina in wish lists uh, with 780 versus 623. So, not that much more. That's still close. Yeah, but in pre-orders, Astral Chain is triple the triple the score. It's 79 yeah. pre-orders versus 26. Yeah, I think that uh, that that's where you see the discrepancy that interest doesn't always equal sales, right? So, Tim, thanks for that info, and thanks for hanging out over there in the uh, chat with all the YouTube folks 
uh, that are watching along tonight. So guys, that has been uh, episode 244. Uh, and Gary's already had to shuffle off, but uh, we're glad that you came to hang well, out with us tonight. Before we end up, we do have a voicemail that uh, Drew sent oh, before the show started. We sure do. Sorry about that, Drew. Hey guys, uh, it's uh, Drew, you know, the better half of the monthly mayhem, uh, Dad's at store. And I got a question for you tonight. Um, so I'm quite meticulous when it comes to, you know, um, value, I guess you could say, per game, you know, how much you spend versus how many, you know, how much time you put into it. And I feel like that the, the developers, you know, videate possibly the quality at times in order to get a bitter bang for the buck, let's say. So when you correlate it maybe to a ratio or, or dollar value, it's quite qualm if you, if you, if you really think about it. And I'm, and I'm really intrigued to see what your encumbrance opinion is. So the way I do it is, is I take the number of hours spent in a game and I kind of divide it by the cost of the game. So, for example, if I spend $60 on a game, um, I divide that into how many hours I spent on the game. Um, so, for 60 hours divided by $60, for example, it would be $1 value. If I were to spend 120 hours on a game in uh, for a $60 game, it would be, you know, $2. Uh, I'm sorry, $0.50, cents, you know, ratio and, and vice versa if i spend 30 hours on a 60 hour game it's, it's two dollars an hour so you know i'm wondering if i'm just you know the only one that really overthinks this or if you guys have a system that kind of breaks down value for the cost of a game i mean games are getting expensive you know everyone's on a budget there's so many games nowadays and um you know i like to look at it as uh my value per an hour you know we all have that uh, dollar amount that we have in mind so what are your thoughts thanks so I think I figured something out. I think there's this this uh, this challenge or something this week to use some ridiculous word in, in all of the responses. Because Drew's done it, Ebusel's done it. He he had a word in his I didn't even know how to pronounce. John used quibble. Two people use quibble. Ha ha, we get it. Well, last week I, I said in the pre-show that four hundred voicemails that the, the patrons were giving doing a, a coordinated attack, and you, and they, it was said in the Discord, and I'm like, that's not a denial. You know, you know when uh, when when you have upgraded your patronage and fandom to to coordinated voicemail attack and things like that. That's how you know we're yeah. Thanks, guys. We no, we feel the love. We appreciate. It. Uh, you know, I think this is a great question because we just talked about right about rad about how I didn't feel like it was a twenty dollar game, right? That it probably could have been about five dollars less. I think that Enter the Gungeon's about fourteen ninety nine. I think for your value, you get um, you get plenty with with Enter the Gungeon. But to answer Drew's question, like I've never really assigned value to a game. Um, is for hours. Uh, where I've assigned value to a game has been publishers. Uh, like it, especially back in the Super Nintendo days, uh, you knew that if you got a game from Konami, it was at, at that time was going to be well produced, 
right? It was going to have yeah. some of the the tightest control. It was going to have some of the best visuals. It was going to have uh, great, great music and sound effects. Same thing for Capcom. Uh, even in NES and SNES era, a Capcom game was always going to be good, just like a Nintendo game was always going to be good. Nintendo published game, right? Uh, and then you had some, you know, the fringe developers who were out here, and you didn't really know about them. And maybe they would, maybe there's a game and it sucks, but then like the next time they publish a game, it's great. And so you don't know, but like I remember, like oh man, this this RPG is by Square. Square makes good game, right? So I would assign value that way. And I still think that we we do that now, right? We assign value based off publishers. However, I think that's changed because we see more publishers publishing on multiple platforms. You know, whereas before it was like, oh, well, Konami, they're only on Nintendo. Oh, wow, now they're making games for Sega. Well, they must be good, right? You know, they, they must be really good. Um I don't know. Do you, have you ever thought about it that way? Like a value I, per hour? I have, and I don't like thinking about it that way because, you know, that, that in the, like the 2000s, I think a lot of publishers were thinking that. So they put a lot of fluff in their games to try to, to add time. Like I'm, I'm thinking even uh, Skyward Sword. I said, you know, I think I put about 50 or 55 hours into it. I said it was a good 50-hour game, but it would have been a great 30-hour game just because there was so much garbage in there that didn't have to be. And I still would have been happily happy to pay, well, at the time, $50 for it because it was a Wii game, if, even if I only got 30 hours of it. So it's more... It's not just a raw number to me. It's It's how much fun am I having? How much, you know, is it... How much of a grind is it to keep going... Or is it more worth my time to just stop and play something else? Yeah, I think it, for some games, it kind of sells it short, right? Because, I mean, like the game you described earlier, uh, Everdark. Yeah. You beat it in two and a half hours. Yeah. Well, I had you, fun with it. You go back. You had fun with it. But what I'm saying is if you go back and, and do the, the hours to money ratio, then you look at that. Was it really worth that? what you paid for it for two hours, you know, it, yeah. it's, I think it's just like some people like to look at so, everything. You know, numbers. if you look at it that way, I got about two bucks an hour on it without, you know, at, not including a second playthrough, which I think I'll probably get through in an hour and a half. Yeah. So, you know, and so like there, I think like, well, where do, you know, where is it good? Where is it bad? I don't know. Right. Well, that's what I was about to say. Where are the tiers? Cause like if a tier is, you know, oh man, I got $10 of value out of this game, which I don't think is really ever possible unless you're Eric Plunkin's Splatoon, which is true (laughs) because he played, he's paid like, he paid $65 for that game and I think his last count's over 700 hours on the game. Like my my son, Uh, like Call of Duty Black Ops 2 on the Wii U, Yeah, he's got like 700 hours in it. Yeah, so I mean, you squeeze every bit of value out of the game. I think it's more about experience, right? Like you like you were kind of saying, like, I got my like Skyward Sword, I got my 30 hours out of that game. I, I was done. I can't I can't play it anymore. Like I just I can't do it. And I think I'm I think Breath of the Wild like, is like that for no, me. Like, like do Persona, I Persona Persona Q I think is a good example also. Forty dollar game. I put 50, 50 hours into it, enjoyed those fifty hours, but just hit a wall and probably only halfway through the game. 
and and stopped. Yeah. I, I still and say it, I got my money's worth. Yeah, like Breath of the Wild for me is the same way. Like, do I want to go do that DLC? Yes. Do I think I'll ever get around to it? Eh, I don't know. But did I enjoy the 60 hours I put, I put into that game before I beat it? Yes, absolutely. Every Only bit. 60? Of, yeah. <laughs> I, Only think 60. I, was like one, I think I was like 150. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, it clicked, but it didn't like super click with me. Like, I, I thought it was a good game. But uh, again, if you go back and listen to that, you know, around show around that time, Mario Odyssey was my game of the year and I was almost publicly flogged for it. You what do you mean, Breath of the Wild's not your game of the year? You must hate it. No, I don't I don't hate it. It's just I love Mario more than Link. <laughs> He's my guy. But uh anyway, Drew, fantastic question. Um, if you wanna like I would love to see some stuff and maybe you talk about that in the Discord with our patrons and see, you know, what shakes out with that. I think that that's that's super interesting. So Again, guys, this has been two, episode 244 of Nintendo Dads. We want to thank you for hanging out with us, however you've done that, through YouTube, through your favorite podcast service, however that is. And we also want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers, Chris Mears, John Blanco, Dave Ernsberger, and Tim Off. You guys are awesome. We really, really appreciate you, as well as all of our Patreons, uh, patrons over at patreon.com. Backflash Nintendo Dad, baby. Uh, you can head over there. Actually, it's not a backflash. It's a slash. Get over there and for a dollar <laughs> a month, yeah, you can become a patron of the Nintendo Dad, Daddy. And you can uh, you can uh, really boost the working man over there, right? You can give us a dollar. If you're a working man like us and you can just give a dollar, you can be in there with the Discord just like everybody else. Also, you can check us out at our website, nintendodads.org all of our latest YouTube videos tweets, podcasts links to our social media Patreon pages and uh, Nintendo Dad shop you can go over there and get some stickers I went and bought some stickers today for my car and my computer and yeah whatever yeah. you can buy phone cases and all I, kinds of I, stuff I, over I need there. to buy a new shirt because I, I had to get rid of all my 3XLs and, and probably have to order start ordering some 1XLs very good proud of you man that's good progress. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Maybe I need to do that too. I don't know. Yeah, we all, I don't know. Uh, you can find us in most places. I mean, we're on Patreon. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube. Just type in Nintendo Dads and you will find the goodness there that you help uh, provide over through your Patreon and your patronage. And guys, you can even email us. NintendoDads at gmail.com or podcast at NintendoDads.org. Both of them will get to us. And to be like Drew, call in and leave a voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS. That's 929-256-3237. We want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for all the music used throughout the show and uh, Adam Leonard and Carter Johnson for always doing our sweet artwork for all of our shows. For me, for Jesse, for the absent Gary, for Justin, who's possibly returning next week, for you, for Zach, for everyone else that ever listened to the show, I'm just rambling here. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. Hello.
love it. 